everybody, and welcome to our percentile vice with the smooth intros, as always. Um, our extremely professional. Professional story. intros. Tonight, we will be doing one of our encounter cultures, and we are joined here today by... Steve. I'm Steve. I'm John. And we have two guests today. We have the lovely Mrs. Hannah. Hannah, say hi. Hi. And we have Alex, a.k.a. Mumbleford. So you two, I'm going to give you guys a second, just tell us a little bit about yourself and where we can find y'all at. So Hannah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am a graphic designer. I do some work with percentile vice here and there. That she do. And um, you could just find me at whole underscore noddle in a D-E-L at pretty much everything. Just super easy to find, given the name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey everybody, I'm Alex. Uh, I'm a random internet person. Um, by day, uh, I'm an antique book dealer, and by night, I play Dungeons and Dragons and other TTRPGs, and sometimes I write them. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mightiest Finn. That's Mightiest, the superlative Finn, F-I-N-N, um, or at at Backwater TTRPG, which is uh, my friend Asa co-writer but uh, i also check in there as well very cool but you're not going to speed past it like you didn't just say you were an antique book dealer by day right that is like For real. that is your own like epic backstory like, that's can, ridiculous can we just turn this into a three-hour interview of, of yeah, i think we're gonna have to that's amazing um, okay <clears throat> i have some you. of my my antique books here and i promise you that this curtain is closed during the day so the sunlight doesn't okay because yeah Thank you. That would be that would be awful. Okay. So tonight we're going to be running uh, one of the encounter cultures that we've made called the Naked Wizard. Can't so wait. we are going to start out. You guys are a banded group of adventurers sitting in a small town car called Barnesboro. You just finished a lengthy quest into a very dangerous dungeon and came back all busted up and scuffed up but quite a bit richer so you've stopped in barnesboro to have a good night's sleep good bit of rest and restock you spent last night sleeping at the tabby cat inn and most of this morning doing some shopping getting healing potions you each have one healing potion to your name that's a gift from me because i'm nice Thank you, uh, I'd like to you. point out that we worked hard in that dungeon, got lots of loot, and then spent our hard-earned money on that. That's true. Capitalism at its finest. Anyhow, uh, so you guys are now sitting at the Tabby Cat Inn. They have a nice little outdoor seating area where you are enjoying a midday lunch type deal. So what I want you to do is I want you to, one by one, tell me what you look like, a little bit about yourself, and then what your character has ordered for lunch. So, Steve... Tell us about you. Okay. Well, sitting at the table is a tiefling. Got light blue skin, red hair, uh, wearing robes. Uh, his horns are very uh, tightly coiled and straight up, kind of like a, I think it's a gazelle or one of those weird uh, animals. So the, the horns go straight up, maybe eight inches, but they, they spiral up. Mm -hmm. He also carries with him a staff that looks a lot like his horns. Very tightly spiraled wood. Nice okay. long staff. Uh, his name is Baskar. 
And since we're dining al fresco, I've just ordered a, a nice light uh, apple almond salad with a vinaigrette dressing. And and the Tabby Cat is well known for the salad. Um, you were actually suggested it by one of the patrons, and it just sounded so delightful and refreshing for the afternoon. You couldn't help yourself. Yeah, easily. Right. Okay, uh, Hannah, tell us a bit about your character and what you ordered for lunch. Um, character is Moira. She is a halfling druid. She is pretty short on the halfling side, especially among everyone. <laughs> um, even compared to the dwarf, she's short. And um, she has like really messy brown hair. And if you look closely, there's like leaves in it and dirt that you don't know even how it got there since we were in a dungeon all night. So, um, and she has a quarter staff next to her, but for her, it probably looks like a stick to you guys because of how short it has to be to be with her. And up at the top has like a little bundle of mistletoe and whatnot and just leaves and patches of fur coming out of her hide and whatnot where she's just like stuck in little trinkets from the forest throughout her armor. Yeah. And for lunch today, she, she was also thinking of a salad, but she got the goat cheese salad that has nuts into it as well. And she just prefers to stray away from meat when possible. That's just she's great, because I know when they set that in front of her, I'm going to wish that's what I had ordered. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and you're really impressed, especially because the waiter, when he puts down the salad, um, he's like, ma'am, um, I just, we really we really take this seriously, but the goat cheese is from Frank. He's our goat out back, and he is very well fed. And actually, we allow free petting if you want to go back there and pet him later today. So just, you know, really family friendly around here. So, yeah, the goat named Frank gave you your goat cheese. All right, uh, Alex, tell us about your character and what you ordered for lunch. Uh, so sitting across from Baskar is Grimbold, uh, our dwarf fighter. And Grimbold is just encased in black iron armor. Like, it's very dour, very geometric, um, and very uncomfortable, you would think. Like, he does not look like someone who ever is comfortable, Um he, so it's all full plate. He has taken his helmet off, which is also black iron, but has this, like, silver death's head on the front and then a, like, gold beard protector. Yeah. So that's sitting on the side. Um, and he's just got, like, Einstein white hair, just a big old dwarf-like beard that's all twisted. You know, it's got, like, very intricate braiding uh, it's definitely got food and stuff in it, though, yeah. because yeah. it's hard It's hard to not. Uh, and the thing about Grimbold is that he his outward exterior is scary, but you all have decided that he's actually pretty, pretty cuddly on the inside. Uh, his sword, he's a dwarf with a sword, which is maybe unusual, but his sword is a long sword that has been broken in half, and he carries the, like, it's, so it's maybe, it's small, smaller than a long right. sword, but that's on the table, and he's using it pretty regularly to chop up the baked rocks that he got for lunch. Baked rocks. Okay. Yeah, just nothing fancy, you know, maybe a little salt yeah. on the rocks, but like, you know, he just a nice loaf that he can break, and, you know, dwarf teeth are used yeah. to, to grinding boulders and stuff. So Certainly. That's, 
Yeah. That's what he's having. The for Tabby him. Cat uh, Inn is, is is so accommodating that they actually brought you rock salt, like not like the really fine mirror down. They brought you like natural rock salt that they like. You know, uh, this gets shipped in and it, it's it's very locally sourced and everything, but it's very high quality. And they 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 start showing you the facets of the rock salt, knowing you'd be very interested in it. I am um, interested, <clears throat> and this is going to result in a big tip. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know they're they're very happy for it, but they are very proud of their rock salt around here. All right, John, tell us about your character and what you ordered for lunch. Well, my character, <clears throat> he is not too tall, but he is a little bit large for a halfling. He has light brown hair with some areas of white in it. And he is known around the city as Wardale Calker. But his most intimate friends call him Mac. Mac. And at the moment, he has a plate of what looks to be just random stuff primarily meat but with some corn thrown in he has both hands up on the table and is eating with his head in the bowl no utensils just going to town right there's a bunch of slurping noises and chomping and he just looks happy as anything every now and then he looks up with a big smile on his face and swallows and Says this is good. This is good. God damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you ordered your plate, like, it actually didn't come in a plate and came in like a big steel bowl almost. And they offered you like a small stool that they could put down next to the floor. So it's there for your choice if you wanted to move it down because they're a little concerned about the strain on your back. Um, you know, but you're, you're choosing not to use it at this point, but it is there should your back start to really hurt. Um, but you guys can tell by your lunch that the Tabby Cat Inn is very accommodating. Uh, your waiter comes out periodically. It's not one of those rabble-rouser type places. This is kind of like a bougie kind of high-end inn. The place when you stayed last night, it was very comfortable. I mean, they had hot running water. Um, they had, you know, individual bathrooms and things like that. Like, it's a really high-end place. But you guys made a lot of money on your last trip. So, you know, you could afford a nice night probably can't afford many but you knew you guys could all chip in get you one good night's sleep so here you are sitting around having your nice lunch is there anything you guys want to talk about while you're having your nice lunch or anything going on um uh, how, how was your rest last night i found the room quite accommodating but uh the incessant noises outside my window were a little bothersome I'm sorry. I, they didn't go for me a bed, so I had to walk down in a circle, and I had to get all the plants and whatnot just right for me to lay down in it. And then there was a girl dog down the street, and I was trying to get her attention a little bit. Right. Uh, so, Mora, I was asking, <laughs> how was your evening? It was quite wonderful. The bed was a bit big kind of sunk into it a bit much afraid i wasn't going to be able to get back out um but other than that much better than what i'm used to yeah grimbold you look well rested if a little uncomfortable how are you this uh, late, this afternoon <clears throat> i gotta say the dwarf room was perfect the rock that i slept on was just firm enough you know, uh, very solid and just like home, you know, they I think they import their rock pillows as well. So uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that touch. 
Yeah, only the finest sandstone can be found in the dwarf room. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. So as you guys are having your nice conversation, um, the area around you is kind of like this um, inner market town. Uh, it's got a lot of stalls and a lot of the businesses, the nicer businesses, front into this large kind of market space. And there's a lot of people milling about, you know, women with their children and, you know, old potbelly farmers out selling their, you know, goods for the day and lots of little kids running around with sweets and things like that. It's all very joyous. It's not overly crowded, but it's quite lively. Um, so... You're enjoying your lunch, talking about how you stayed and, you know, your, what your rooms are like. And you start to hear a change in the tempo and the sound of the, the market. Instead of hearing, you know, a lot of talking, you're hearing a, oh, oh my, oh my word. Uh, uh, and then you hear, hey, 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 no, 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 over here, go away. And you guys look up and you see that the, the, the crowd is beginning to kind of part, almost like a, a Red Sea effect and just kind of pushing away and standing directly several yards off from you is a man um, in his late 40s early 50s kind of gray-haired um, very strong cheekbones very you know prominent nose but the most prominent feature of this man is that he is entirely naked in the center square okay and he starts looking around he's very frantically and there's children you know being covered having their eyes covered by their mothers and and there's you know young maidens blushing and turning away at this fully nude man but you see him looking around very frantically kind of reaching for people and as he's scouring he locks eyes with you grimble just point for point just and he starts just full tilt running for your table Grimbold will stand up, put his helmet on, and sort of move, maneuver himself so that he's in front of the table and the rest of the group, so that when this individual arrives, if they want to try any funny business, they're going to have to go through this guy. Yeah, certainly. Um, As Grimbold does that, Baskar is going to reach down and you know, pull his his robe up over half of his face mm -hmm. the, towards the direction of the, of the gentleman and kind of cover his face um, so he can't be seen and, and whisper to Myra I think he's after me they finally found me what are you talking about Just, shh, I'm not here yeah okay so this man he starts running and just before he reaches your table he kind of, he sees you, Grimbold, uh, make this kind of defensive stance. And he, you know, throws the brakes on, metaphorically, and comes to a screeching stop. And he's throwing his hands oh, I'm sorry. I've been, I've been, oh, oh, I've been running for, for miles. Um, You, you look like, you look like just the people I, I have been, I have been robbed. Oh, I'm, oh, hold on. Grimbold is like, okay there. Like, lays a very armored gauntlet on this man <laughs> and, like, kind of digs in a little bit. It's like, why don't you have a seat? Let's, uh, and tell us what's going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, he looks like, I would, and he looks at away. He's like, can I have some, some water? Yeah, oh. Grimbold is like, listen, this oh. man needs water and, uh. And a blanket? Oh, are you cold? Uh, and as he stands at his full height, and just your height to his height, it becomes very keenly aware he is fully naked. I mean, Grimble doesn't understand it. Like, 
maybe this is just human culture. You know, maybe. like maybe he just has this, like I don't want to shame him for his culture. But he so definitely like, have a seat. He looks at Moira and 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 kind of turns his body away from her because and and starts trying to cover as much as he can. Uh, He's like, I'm so, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I uh, no no offense, meaning uh. And about that Moira, time, good. She turns to her bag and she pulls out like a rabbit hide and like hands it to him and goes it's nothing i haven't seen in the forest before and then just like averts her eyes. right he he kind of shimmies it around himself he's like, oh thank you it's very kind of you okay and he takes himself a seat he's like okay Whew. sorry i don't normally run that much uh, i was robbed either. on the on the road uh i met this guy and and uh, i'm sorry my name's ulrich the wizard i i was traveling and i stayed with this guy at this campfire and uh, oh, yeah, he seemed like a totally on the on the up guy. But he, next morning, I wake up and here I am, and nothing but my skin and all my stuff is gone. All my stuff is gone, and I had I had magic items galore, and I had money, and I and I can, I, I need your help. Ribbled is like assembling food from everyone's meals, like he's taking some salad, he's taking some of the meat that. Uh, Wardell was slobbering over and he's like piling it <laughs> piling it on <clears throat> takes a nicely baked rock puts that on there you know, and is like take your time you know, I, I, I understand that you've had a distressing day so uh, why don't you refresh yourself waiter get some water over here uh, and then once we're calm once yeah. we're centered yeah. why don't you then tell us all about these magical items and gold. Oh, you're you're right. Yeah, as this is going on, and Baskar is going to realize that Baskar is not the sole uh, center of the stranger's attention. He will slowly start lowering his cloak, straightening things out, and acting like he just did not get paranoid as hell. Right, like nothing happened. Like, like oh, I was just, I'm fine. Um, whenever he starts eating, I'm going to low key, sort of sneakily try to get up to him and try to sniff his hair yeah so he's he's eating away <clears throat> taking little bites and he's like oh <clears throat> like i said my name's ulrich and can i oh, oh, oh can sorry I sorry oh um, no that's that's quite i'm yeah uh we'll we'll circle back around to that um ulrich uh ulrich the wizard i apologize for my uh my earlier outburst but um I don't get out. I don't get out very much, and like this is supposed to be like my vacation, you know, like away from the scholars and away from all the books. And I was, you know, I was trying to go out and about, and I had some stuff I wanted to sell off. And you know, this is what I get for getting out of my tower. You know, this is this is what I get. Um, but no, like last night, I met this nice guy, or he seemed nice, and his guys. He has like four guys with him, three guys, I don't know. And we all made camp, and we had a nice dinner. Like they said, we told jokes, we sang songs. It was great. Um, just met him on the road, you know. I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, nice travelers, you know, we stick together, have a nice warm campfire. That's what you do when you're out in on a, a wilderness adventure, right? Right? Oh, that's what I read in my books. Uh, well, I woke up this morning with nothing, nothing, no clothes. Um, they, they did not even leave me a spoon to like eat my porridge with. Nothing, not a thing. The whole camp cleared out. How they did it without me hearing is absolutely beyond me. But basically, I, I need, and I can pay. I can pay once we get my stuff back. I need somebody to help me get my stuff back. Uh, they, they can't have gotten far, but I, I need help. 
uh, and I, you guys look like, they, I mean, look around. All these people, these are farmers and maidens and shopkeeps, but you, you guys look impressive. And I can tell just by your stance, especially you, young dwarf, you are solid man and i need solid men and women no 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 offense meaning to help me get my stuff back so what do you say Grimbold, who is pushing 400 is very very pleased about being called a young dwarf because <laughs> yeah. uh, he is decidedly middle age uh <laughs> yeah. but he's like well looking around at everyone else uh i'm always game to help individuals find their money so they can pay me I like to find things. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> and find Good things boy. you shall. So, uh, you other two, are you are you in? It's, you said your name was Ulrich? Ulrich, yeah. Ulrich the wizard. That's um, me. And you had magic items, you say? Oh, <clears throat> I had plenty of magic items. And perhaps a short inventory so that we can make sure we return all of your things certainly i had i had um i had a wand of fireball and i had i had what did i have um oh i had like a boots of haste um and i had a a a, a, a blue orb but it's not it's it's more sentimental that one wasn't for sale that was just you know it was just mine i just like it I like having it with me um so that's not um but there was some some health potions and uh some different scrolls and things like that i hadn't gotten a good inventory on those yet because i just purchased them a few days back and i hadn't really gotten around to it but i'd be happy to 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 outfit you with a couple magic items um obviously not my 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 orb because that's mine but um the other stuff you know definitely if you guys have need of of you know fireball wand or boots of haste um you look like you like to go fast i like to go fast See, so i could i could definitely help you out because these things i was going to sell them anyways so instead of you know just gold for for okay you know for your services we could definitely do like a barter trade i love bartering it's very old school i like it so what do you say moira you're always the cautious one here do we trust this man i think i do but if it's good enough for Moira, it's good enough for me. Grumbled, let's, uh, maybe a, a, a mission of mercy <clears throat> and not one purely of loot would be good for our souls, no? Dwarf souls just turn into to rocks. More rocks. So, I, I mean, sure, I, I'm happy to help someone. Yeah, so, so, we're in? We're in? You're in? I'll go fetch. So... Amazing. <laughs> Maybe you should sit. Oh, just pull up a chair there and sit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this. And in his excitement, you know, uh, Ulrich stands up, mighty and tall, and then grabs. Oh, I'm so, so so sorry. Can I find some pants? Anybody got extra pair of pants? Actually, if you could just spot me, maybe like two gold to go over there and grab some pants, because I really don't want to try to walk around with this loincloth. Kid, anybody? Could, could Wardell just fetch some pants? I can fetch. Can you give me some pants? Do you know where some Wardell. pants are? Pants. Pants? I'll find pants. Perfect. All right. So he is going to go and attempt to find pants. How do you want to do this? God, I wish I had a luck roll mechanic. Um, let's just say that you're able to procure pants. Like, I, I don't think that we need to get too down into the deep of pants. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, so after a few minutes, you come back with some pants. You probably, like, went into one of the other people's rooms in the inn and just stole their pants. Like, just somebody who's out and about for the day and just, like, oh, these look fine. Um, and take them back to Ulrich. Um, is there anything else you want to do with your pants stealing time? No, I just bring them to him in my mouth. In your mouth. This is wonderful, by the way. Um, I'm going to toss Wardell a, a thank you piece of meat and say, good job, buddy. And he catches it. Yes. So excited. Um, thank you for the pants that are mildly damp. Um, so uh, I'm sorry, sir. Were you planning on... I, I think I, uh, my first impression was you were asking us to go out and find these. Oh, definitely, I'm not going. Bri- uh, with the pants thing, I didn't. Oh, know I just didn't you want you to be naked. Yourself. Well, I mean, I, I need pants either way. Like even if I'm here or if I'm there, you need pants, you know. Um, but I don't have any money for which to buy pants, so I was hoping for love. And and Mr. Wardell was nice enough to help me, so that's great. Um, I'm probably actually just gonna hang around here. But I can give you a description of what the guys look like. And he gives you a description of, you know, an older man um, in his late 50s. He says he's very ugly, a big hook nose, and, and he's got, like, warts all over his face. And he's just, he's absolutely hideous. And then he's got, like, three guards with him that are all big and strong and huge. These are, like, massive, just tanks of men. You know, seven foot tall, just full of muscles. He's like, and they have a covered rag that has a red top. Um, it's very distinct red top. He said, if you see them, they're following the south road. Um, they were the, the road goes south with no turnoffs for days. He's like, so you'll eventually hit them. But they have a red top wagon. It's the only one I've ever seen like it. It's very pretty burgundy red. And he describes to you the filigree and all these beautiful things. But he says, that, that's what I've seen of them. And it was kind of dark, so I haven't seen a whole lot of, you know, like what they have on them. But yeah, uh, if, you, if you see them, just... I, use your discretion however you want to handle it but like you know maybe rough them up and get my stuff back or you know you can like slice and dice them however whatever I leave your professional opinions up to how you handle it um but yeah I'll be here great are you going to stay at the inn um you know I'm gonna talk to the innkeeper and see if maybe they can give me you know like a advance on a room um i'm pretty well known in these parts so once i tell them they'll probably handle it just fine but um don't worry about me i i can handle it here um it shouldn't take you very long at all i'm more worried about you having a a forwarding address so that we can find you when we come back oh i'm not going anywhere even if i can't stay in this room i am not leaving this town because i need my stuff so believe me i will be here when you come back the grass outside is really soft it's really soft you should try to lay down in it it's it's pretty warm too you know, I I have heard of the benefits of spending time on the ground, so maybe I will take you up on Just that. Just do a couple circles and then lay down. It's great. Is the circles required? Anyway, uh, is there anything else you need from me before you set off on your grand adventure without me? I, not from you, I don't think. Um, Grumbled. Are you telling the... me these guys were seven feet tall? Grumbold oh, easily. says, looking at the tallest member of the party who is... I don't know how old, how tall are you, Rick? Six one. Okay. Yeah, you guys so are two halflings, a dwarf, and a tiefling. It's everything to make like a, a CW show. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Oh yeah, no, easily seven foot tall. Yeah, but we pointed out in front of you. Yeah. Okay. Um, how well are they armed? Do they have? Uh, you know, when you guys stayed at the camp, did they have like a system for? 
they watching. Kept, no, uh, they kept most of their stuff in their in their their covered wagon. I do know that most of them had spears because they were using them to poke the fire, keep it alive, you know. Um, but no, we didn't really watch because I mean the South Road is very safe, or at least it used to be, as that's what I was told. But I guess not because the thieves are the ones that stole from me. But I guess if they were the only thieves on the road, then it's safe for them because there's no one else to thieve from them. I don't know. But no, there was no uh, watch thing. They seemed very comfortable on the South Road. But I do know they had at least spears. I do know that. I think okay. I uh, do you, did you notice if the, your, uh, the people who robbed you in their camp, they, did they have, where were they storing their stuff? In their carts? Yeah. They, they had everything in their they, wagon. They would go in there and get like, you know, a bucket to go get some water. And then they put the bucket back and then they go into their thing and they'd get like some food rations. And they kept everything in the cart. Very organized from what I can see because they didn't spend very long in there. Um, and I'm imagining that's probably where they put all my magic items too. Uh, any any watch animals that Wardell might need to watch out for? No, I'm I'm pretty sure there weren't any animals. No, um, we did see a bunny walk by the fire. That was pretty cute. A but bunny? No. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's long gone. Hmm, that's a shame. Yeah, Wardell, Mr. Bear. Wardell loves bunnies. I could catch right. him. I could catch him. Okay. Hmm. Well, you uh, guys actually, have fun. I do have one more question. Oh, yes. Uh, and this is I'm directing at our resident. Uh, sorcerer extraordinaire Baskar. Uh, do you have the ability to scry or like if uh, if our naked wizard friend here Ulrich had like you know if we, he gave you some of his hair could you like use that to find his clothes because I'm sure his clothes have some some of his hair on them. I don't I don't have that uh, that ability. I'm hoping to, to you know gain it soon, but. I don't. Well, uh, the correspondence course hasn't gotten to that point yet. <laughs> well, you know, I find these things within me, and I haven't found that one yet. Okay. Uh, but uh, but now that you've mentioned it, I think that's something I'll be searching for. The ability to take up something somebody else had and then figure out. It's quite interesting, man. Uh, uh, there are some dwarven wizards who use that when our miners go missing. You know, every dwarf has a little bottle that has their beard in it. And then if there's a cave-in or whatever, uh, we have wizards who can locate them. So we know where they are. That's utterly brilliant, I have to say. Just as an outsider, I hate to be intruding, but that's utterly brilliant. I, I, I do like that. Listen, when you spend a lot of time underground and the underground collapses, you got to know where your people are, right? Exactly, 100%. I'm, I am with you. While this conversation is going on, I'm going to once again, but more sneakily, more stealthily, try to sneak up and sniff his hair. <coughs> All right. Well, uh, we have a much longer version well of that uh, grumble. We, uh, <coughs> if Matt can get a good sniff of this 18. guy, he might be able to track these folks. Yeah, that's right. <coughs> um, I forgot about his nose. So. Ulrich has gone back to um, working on the plate of food and is completely unaware of you sniffing his hair. So I can either do a perception or a survival. What do you want to know? Wanting to distinguish a scent. Okay. Um, survival. 21. 21. What race are you? Lotus and Halfling. Okay. 
but I was raised by dogs. Yeah, um, totally fans out. <laughs> really? I couldn't even tell. Um, fascinating. <clears throat> fascinating. Amazing. So I don't have the like olfactory equipment, but I kind of think I do. So right. use that in whatever you're <clears throat> about you. to tell us. <clears throat> so you, when you're smelling his hair, you get the very distinct smell of, um, you know, like after you sit at a fire pit for too long, you get that smell of like smoke and ash that kind of sticks to you for a while. There's definitely quite a bit of that. Um, there's also some kind of sweet smell. It smells almost like some kind of maybe perfume or some kind of personal care product that would have been put in his hair. Um, because it doesn't smell natural to you. Even as a person, like you can smell, you know, you can smell like perfume on somebody. It's not a natural scent. There's definitely some kind of additive there, but most of what you're smelling is that kind of like worn sweat and smoky fireside smell to him. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. After I get a good sniff, I'm going to go back over with my friends. If you're, if you're a halfway, how the hell did you reach his hair? Did you get like a box? He was, sat, he was sitting down eating. Uh, okay. Yes. He was sitting down eating. We'll give you that one. Just this once. <laughs> okay. So, so the South Road, you say? South Road. How long it. were you running to get here? Oh, well, I've been running since this. I was running this morning, so it was probably only about a mile or two down the road. I'm just very... And they were headed the other way? Yes, yes they were headed the other way. Mm -hmm. We probably got a couple hours on us. Should we uh, get mounts? Let's say you guys have no. mounts. You guys are level five. You can have mounts. Cool. Nothing crazy. <laughs> what do you mean crazy? I know exactly. You know exactly what I mean crazy. <laughs> I have a riding dog. Okay. You can have a riding like dog. Like a good halfling. Okay. It's a great Dane. But you guys, that's cool. <laughs> uh, I'm going to slide I'm gonna slide five gold across the table to Ulrich the wizard and say, uh, you know, the dwarf room, when I'm not there, very comfortable. Oh, I will certainly have to check that out. That sounds wonderful. I love um, like aesthetically themed rooms. I think that's great. Um, so it's I'm a going to theme. is it what? It's a cultural theme. Oh yeah, and I, I love exploring new cultures, so I think that's great because um, I very much respect your culture. But I would like to uh, experience it. So I'm gonna head inside and uh, see if I can procure a shirt and a room for the night. So meet you guys back here. Yeah, we'll see you when we see you. Perfect. I, I promise I'm not going anywhere because I literally have nothing to my name until you do. So <clears throat> please don't. Can I, roll, can I roll an insight check just to see if this guy is in fact yeah. going to stay here? Please roll my insight. Right. Please do. Yeah. I like rolling. I do too. Uh, that's an 18. Okay. Grimbold's giving him a little bit of a stare. Like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, um, <clears throat> so what you gather, um, you gather that he is very worked up, um, he seems very on edge, but given what he's been through for the day, it's not totally out of the question for you, um, and he definitely seems fidgety around, you know, like, trying to put the thing around him and keep his pants on. He, he, he seems very out of place. Like, he's not comfortable where he is. Um, but you don't sense any maleficent or malice against him. You know, there's nothing oozing evil to you. It's he more not just... Malef he is not maleficent. He is not maleficent. I know that came out weird when I tried it, and I just I <laughs> no, tried to I move past it. it, but, you know. <laughs> All uh, right. Uh... <laughs> but, no, he just seems very uncomfortable. You okay. know, just... A little Ursula for the wear. 
Ooh, Come on, guys. No, Moana, keep going with the... I will punch you in the face. <laughs> Boo. All right. Uh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my, my, my mule, Rocky, yeah. and we're going to mount up. Rocky. It's a fine mule. Okay. Just for clarification, what species is our friend? He's human. I apologize. Nice. Maybe I didn't. I didn't say that at all. Not once. Wow, I'm. You may have, but I missed it. I don't think I did. I mean, given the fact that he was tall enough that, yeah, I was having some issues. Yeah, standing <laughs> little and, issues. Yeah, standing in front. Of little him. issues. Little <laughs> issues. Okay. Little, <laughs> little, little issues. Little it's cold issues. out. It's cold out. It is actually rather brisk out. It's a you know early fall morning, um, mid afternoon. It's not hot by any means, but it's it's got a little bite to the air. Um, but it's not you know you don't have to like bundle up or anything like that. It's nice. Um, yeah, but Grimbold knows it's going to be super hot later. Oh yeah, and like it, it's going to be classic above ground uh, weather. Just <laughs> unpredictable at best. Um, you need one kind of armor for the morning and a whole different right. one to ride home at night. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, anything y'all want to do before you set out? I'm, I think we've uh, we've spent enough time on our laurels. I mean, it's been yeah. a good six hours, but since we've done any adventuring, what what's become of us? Let's go. <laughs> I will say that one was one of Grimbold's standard adventuring preparations mm-hmm. is to take his a healing potion and hang it around his neck, so that if when he goes down, someone can just grab it and yeah. Definitely. put it on him yeah i'm interested as i look across uh Grimaldi, you you had earlier described that you had you had a beard guard like a gold beard guard yeah was so like the, the so- helmet the helmet encloses the whole face but then like down maybe to sternum level there is a like a a decorative golden thing that replicates the sort of intricate uh, braiding on his beard. Right. Um, you know, because if you get hit in the face with uh, anything, you know, you don't want that work to be undone. I mean, it took you forever to grow that thing, like since what, yesterday morning? Yeah, last week. Yeah. I mean, last, this is last week. It's a commitment. Yeah. yeah. So if it's been a week, it's a magnificent beard. Like, absolutely. All right. Beautiful. Okay. So nothing else y'all need to do before you hit the road? Moira, what are you riding? A pony. A pony. <laughs> I was hoping she was going to say like an elk or something, or just like oh, that would be too a giant cool. toad. I don't know, just any number of things. Oh, okay, man. so you guys hit the south road. The south road is very sparse. After you get past a few farms and things like that that are leading into town, most of the south road is going to be very. Here's a tree, another tree. A bush is all very flat lands. Uh, you can see farms out in the distance on some rolling hills, but there's not much of anything. And you reach a point where there's just nothing. It's literally just brush and stray bits of growth and a rock here. A very interesting rock, Grimbold. You actually, you know, you see a very pristine, beautiful rock. It's got some mica and a little bit of vein of quartz. It's very impressive and you like it quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly foraging. If I, if I see an edible rock that looks like ripe, I'm grabbing that. Oh yeah, and this one has that real tang taste uh, that you know goes really well with like a nice sauce. Like it's it's it, it reminds you of something your mom would have made. It's it's really good. It really takes you back. Um, I love nothing more than picking beard hair out of my mom's cooking. Right. It's it's like Christmas all over again. Um, so what kind of pace are we riding at? We're we riding at a leisurely pace. Are we hitting? Good strides. What? Are, how are we riding? Well, I think as we leave town, you know, it's probably a, a nice trot. Clip, you know, 
for the uh, the dramatic exit, you know, for all the townspeople to see. And then once we get out of the side of town, we probably slow down. Uh, at least I'm going to suggest we slow down to just a nice little walk with these horses. So then I can turn to the rest of them and say, so uh, what is our plan here? Um, we're just going to ride up on them and uh, demand that this man's stuff is returned? Or should we be more, I don't know, sneakily about it? Circumspect? Uh, Circumspect, that was the word. I I knew there was a really good word out there, and it was completely, um, it was um, evading me. (laughs) Well, well, Grimbold is is a firm believer in the dwarven tradition of of sneaky tactics. Um, You don't just fight goblins head on in a tunnel. You tunnel around them so that, you know, you can hit them in the the butt. Uh, So... It's since these people seem to have a predilection for robbing wizards, and we've got our own mage extraordinaire right here. What it could is there a way we could like pretend that you have some like really awesome magical items and we're your bodyguards slash friends, and you know we're going to the next town over to sell some stuff. Right, he's got traveling companions. I've got traveling companions. And then we could, you know, we can cozy up, and while uh, I, you know, someone distracts them, perhaps some of our uh, more uh, secretive uh, members could do some uh, asset requisition or scouting. I can fetch. Mordell can fetch. And if I'm not mistaken, Moira, you you've got some great like small scurry animal skills right yes yes i do i learned from the best ah i miss ted (laughs) let's all take a moment (coughs) there she goes on about ted again (laughs) out of character is ted the is it ted the veterinarian from schitt's creek or just some no (laughs) totally a coincidence i was thinking of like a little squirrel oh okay squirrel named ted i love ted both Shit's Creek Ted and this Ted. Okay. Um, so if between between Baskar and I, I'm pretty sure we can cause enough of a distraction scene. We're jovial individuals. Uh, you know, cause enough of a distraction that Wardell and Moira could scout and see if they can see what they can see, and then we can reconvene and go from there. Uh, so I'm going to look at Wardell. Mac, where are they at? Can you I, find them? I'll find them. Find them? I'll find them. Going to find them. I'll find them. Give your gold. Okay. okay. And he's going to get off of his mount for a minute and get down on all fours. And he's going to start sniffing the ground and looking. Okay. And trying to pick out some tracks. Certainly. So... What do you want to roll to use for this, my guy? Survival. Okay. Make the roll. What species would our prey be? From your understanding of what Ulrich has told you, they're um, humanoid of some kind. So maybe human or half-elf, maybe elves. He didn't go into too much detail on race. But he didn't give you any super distinguishing details that would dictate them being, you know, tieflings or 
you know, half orcs or anything like that. Well, I get yeah. advantage on tracking checks towards humans and one other tennis balls. No, <laughs> the color other, red. I forget. But. <laughs> well, roll me your thing and tell me what both your rolls are. That is a crit and a fourteen. Okay, certainly. Um, so you do see some tracks. Um, what you see is you see uh. There's like a rut where there's some mud, um, just some, you know, lay, you know, leftover water from a rain a few days back that hasn't quite drained off. But you do see some rather fresh cart tracks that have gone through it. And on either side of the wheels, there is um, footprints, almost like somebody is pulling the cart by hand behind them and walking in front of it. And then maybe some other people are just kind of walking in the vicinity of it. But you can see distinctly three to four maybe five footprints you're not entirely sure because they're all very much so mushed together but there are three to five different distinct sets of footprints when i'm able to distinguish that i'm going to get very quick and baskar baskar look right here Uh, they're going this way ah it's good it's good how far ahead are they i don't know do i get a sense of what time so, I'm going to give this to you just because of some of your background and things like that. You would know that, judging by this puddle, that this puddle by end of day is going to be pretty much dried up from the sun. So, you would know that it's been within the last couple hours. Um, and you can see where it's already starting to dry in places and the rut is kind of beginning to form just into the dirt instead of staying in the mud. Um, so, you would guess within one to two hours ahead of you, tops. Not too long, not too long. couple hours, couple hours. Come on. And I'm going to go run and jump back on my great dane and we're gonna start running hey grumbled thinking about your 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 plan um ulrich told us that uh you know he met up with them in the evening time and they shared a campsite so if we were to time our interaction with them so that we met up with them on the road about the time it was time to break camp maybe they will see the opportunity to pull the same shenanigans again and it'll play right into our hands yeah the other thing i was thinking is maybe we we left a little precipitously because it might have made sense for us to have like a cart that we had filled with junk um but if we i mean it's it's still morning or it's it's afternoon-ish because we're having mid-afternoon i'm i bet you that if we went back rented a cart we could arrive at a camp like we're not that far behind them so we could arrive when we need to and then be like oh friends would you do you mind if we share your campfire vascar is just a traveling wizard merchant uh you know and i bet they would be interested in that after a little while I get the sense that nobody's with me and I turn around (laughs) (laughs) right we're all a half mile back still just like sitting on our animals chatting so I run back and meet up with them (laughs) come on come on fetch hey don't lose it we're gonna go we're gonna go get a cart it's gonna be part of our overall disguise okay okay we'll fetch later yes fetch later okay um all right so can we just go back to town and like rent a cart quickly and then yeah. fill it with, you know, our, I, I assume that we still have our stuff in our rooms. So maybe just like 
you know, our traveling gear. Certainly. I have a disguise kit if that helps. So you Mm. could look like another halfling. You could disguise (laughs) the cart to make it look like it was really some traveling magician's merchant cart. I imagine there's like paints and such in it. Certainly. Yeah, just like do that cart up so it's like Baskar's magical wares or something like that. So you guys definitely, you can head back and take care of that. Um, It takes about an hour of your time between, you know, just basic travel and getting it together. But it's not super hard. You guys weren't too far when you were like, hey, maybe we we need a few things. Um, And you guys see Ulrich, he's still down in the the, the inn, um, talking with waitresses and patrons and, you know, just making lively conversation. Um, Seems to be much more comfortable now. He has procured a shirt. Somebody has given him a shirt and a pair of boots to put on. They're not the greatest boots, but he seems much more at ease now that he is fully clothed. Um, but you are more than welcome to make some adjustments to your cart to make it look, you know, either worse for wear or look better. But, you know, you guys can let me know as it arises, kind of how you guys forced it, made it to look. Just well, so- I assume that with Wardell or Mac, Wardell slash Mac's kit, Moira could do some, some excellent work. Oh, yeah, she could. Just one second. Thank you, Bob, for donating to St. Jude's. Yeah, well, thanks. Thank you, Bob. St. Jude's Hospital. All right. So, you're back on the road again. It's still middle of the day, but you, you've lost about an hour um, of time. When you guys get back to the same spot where you found the tracks before, uh, Wardell, you can see that they are beginning to dry up. And they're, you're, and you're fairly certain that you're now about probably closer to the end of three hours behind. Um, so, if you were to make haste and catch up at this point, you would probably catch them just at nightfall. But you guys would I mean, have that, to double time. Yeah, that's about when we were... Yeah. Think, hoping to catch them. So Perfect. Yeah. So we're going to increase the pace. Okay. So you guys can make double time the rest of the way. Um, as you see, it starts to get kind of, you know, kind of gray in the sky. You're seeing fireflies kind of pop up here and there. And the occasional animal that's begun to kind of come out at night. Um, you see off on what is very um, exaggerated to be called a hill. It's more just, you know, like a bump in the earth that's not. If you were on it, you wouldn't think you were any taller. But you can see from your vantage point, this little, you can see um, a little fire right near a tree and what appears to be a cart with a red-topped wagon cover. Grimbold points to that and says, there, over on, on the stump, <laughs> which is what dwarves would call right. that, that kind of it's small a, It's a stump at best. You're not even impressed by it. Like, you're not even excited to be there. It's that <sighs> small. I mean, I'm going to take what I can get yeah. in this terrible province of Kansas that we find ourselves in. <laughs> yeah, it's basically Kansas. Uh, and so I, I, I look over to Baskar, and I'm like, "Do you have any suggestions for how we we play, you know, uh, wizard bodyguard? You know, what what do you want our roles to be?" And, um, so this is this has struck me as odd since since uh, lunch. No self-respecting wizard would have. I mean, Ulrich is just an idiot. A, a wizard traveling alone, right? So uh, much more intelligent than that. So I think. Well, you know, you're my traveling companions. Um, but obviously, they're to provide uh, muscle and defense for me because well, I'd be a fool to strike out on my own. Well, you know, I have powers. I'm 
If anybody gets close enough to me with a sword, I'm pretty much done for. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, not so much servant as traveling companions upon whose strength I rely. And while I'm saying that, just kind of absentmindedly, I'll look over at uh, at Wardell and, and flip a gold piece and say, who found him? Who found him? I found him. You found him. I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. All right. Well, I say that we uh, we proceed, and maybe it might even make sense to like pretend we're kind of like stuck to see if they can come and help us, and then we can, you know, they can offer us hospitality. You know, make make it look like it's their idea to take us in, not ours. To to roll up on them. So no sneaky. No sneaky now. No sneaky now. Different plan. Later sneak. Later sneak. Okay. Okay. Yeah. One, once we're in and they, they don't think that we're a problem or a threat, then sneak. Then sneak. Yeah. Okay. So this cart has been hooked up to one of our horses. Did it come with a mule? How How's this cart being pulled along? That would be totally up to you. It did not come with any uh, mule. It can be drawn by hand, uh, but judging by statures of your your compatriot, it would probably have to be pulled by you, or you could attach it to some load-bearing animal. You know who's a really good load-bearing animal? Rocky. Rocky. All right. <clears throat> so how about we get a little bit closer to them, and then uh, we start uh, having an argument about whether... Um, you know, this cart's going to make it, or whether Rocky needs a break, and whether we need to, to push on. I think that's a great idea. Okay. Okay. So you're all going to approach, when you get a kind of within the chart, you're going to falsify some kind of disagreement, and see if they come to your aid and or resolution. Yes? And if and if they don't, then someone will, ha- will loudly point out, oh, a fire. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you continue and approach, um, you get a distance away where you can't necessarily make out faces, but you, you know, they know you're there. You know, they're there. You're within earshot. We're on the road. They're just off the road. Mm -hmm. You're in that, that casual, like at a party where you want somebody to hear you, but you don't want them to know that you're close enough to know that they can hear you kind of distance. Yeah. So you're close enough that they can hear you and you know that. Grumbled, I am telling you, you're working that donkey to death. He's going to fall over on us, and then we'll never get all of these magical wares to the next town. You've got to give this beast a rest. Rocky is a prince among mules, Vascar. He is descended from mule royalty. He can do it. He is the strongest, best mule that I have ever met, and I know that Moira agrees with me because she talks to him every morning. And right... Well, there's a good point. I, Moira, how does this donkey feel? Mule. I, I Probably mean, insulted that I called him a donkey. But other than that, how does this mule right, feel? He is very insulted right now. <laughs> how dare you? He is. He like goes... <laughs> just... Harumphs. Very insulted. But he would like a little rest. I mean, we do still have a few days before the next town, so... There you have it, Grimwald. I told you this. Look, you're going to ruin the whole. We stand to make thousands of gold coin off of these goods. And if if you ruin our one way of getting them there, everybody's out. 
Put that's your head I'm on, saying. man. No, that's what I'm saying, Baskar. We have to get to the next town as fast as possible. And the only way we do that is by pushing Rocky to his very limits. He'll love it. We'll love it. We'll love all the gold it'll make us. And I will turn around and just put my hands up in the air, like facing away from him. Like I've turned my back on him, mm -hmm. but actually have turned towards the camp so that my voice will project more that way. He's going to cost us thousands. All the gold is going to be gone because of his stubbornness. You see one of the, the men sitting at the fire turn around with his tanker and he's like, Oi, is that a problem? Well, yes. Yes, we finally, we agree. This donkey's gonna die. Mule, mule, I'm sorry. Jeez. The man doesn't even know what kind of animal he's talking about, and he expects us to think that he knows what the animal's limits are. We have gold to make, and this man won't see reason. Those are precious magical items in there, and I will not have this cop tipped over because you've misassessed a mule's abilities. So as you guys begin to raise your voice, uh, the other guys kind of look at the first guy and he harumps his way in a very like, you know, dad who's got to go settle the fight kind of way and stands up and walks over with tankard and he, as he approaches you, Vaskar, you can see this man is maybe two inches taller than you at best. And that's not including your horn height. With horns, you're taller. Um, and he comes and he, he looks at the mule, takes a sip from his tankard. Look, I... Push him or not, eventually you're going to have to rest because I don't know if you've noticed, but um, one of his uh, belts is loose and he's, he's got a wound right there on the front of his chest. Did you notice that? And you both turned to look and you noticed that one of the straps that you have attached has kind of rubbed him raw against his chest. And the poor, the poor mule is just, he's been trying to harumph his way into letting you know that he's actually mildly injured. And poor Moira, she's just very distraught that she didn't notice it first. But the guys are so, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, you could probably keep going, but it's, it's not right for the mule. We got a fire made if you want to sit, but no more of this yelling. You're, I'm going an accusing glance at Grumbold and then a questioning look at Moira. Did none of you bother to look at the damn mule? We were kind of busy talking about the damn mule. Hmm. Certainly. Well, uh, you're welcome to sit with us if you'd like. Uh, you can pull your cart over there, but uh, no more of the yelling. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll scare off all the, the fireflies. So Wardell says, berry, berry, berry. And a good berry pops into his hand and he feeds it to the mule. The mule instantly looks at you with, with apparently some kind of admiration that he has for you. Um, I imagine that you, tell, you guys are very good friends. Um, but yeah, mule's fine. It's more like, you know, like getting a sore on your foot when you wear a ill-fitting pair of shoes. Nothing serious. Um, so, he returns back to his seat. Well, are you coming or going? Surely your, your, your dwarf gruffness won't refuse this offer of hospitality. Grim or Grimbold on, on the inside because he loves Rocky more than anything is like traumatized by the Aww. fact that there is a wound, but he, he he's wearing his helmet, so you can't see the small tear that's <laughs> down his eye. I'm sorry. Uh, but he says, 
fine. But we leave first thing in the morning. And and uh, Baskar interprets the the shite the slight shite the slight the slight crack in Grumbold's voice as pride that his perfectly concocted plan worked out. Right. Yes. And I give him that look like, yeah, we did it. Oh. Well, so. you're you're welcome to pull around over there and have a seat. Uh, Jove's the name. Jove. Jove. Yeah. Jove, I'm Baskar. Oh. These are Grimbold. my friends. Grimbold is going to have a seat by Jove. <laughs> by Jove. It's so fucked up. It's Damn se- it. 75 punster points for pun- punster of the year. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Jove. That there's Henry. That there's Gabe. Uh, and that's Mr. Gallarand sitting in the cart over there. Mr. Gallarand is a older gentleman. Uh, with very prominent features, but very well kept. His hair is combed back. He's definitely in his mid-60s, um, but he's well-dressed. He seems to be reading a book. Um, the other two men, they're all kind of dressed very similarly in, like, hide leather. They're all strapping men, but they're all average height. Um, there's no warts on anyone's faces, no one over six foot five. They all seem like just run-of-the-mill dudes. All have enjoying their tanker. Little... Oh, go ahead. No, good. I was just enjoying a, a tankard of ale at the end of the day. Uh, Grimbold is going to be confused by the lack of warts and prominent features because he was led to expect that these are going to be very handsome people by dwarf standards. Right. And so <laughs> he's a little disappointed. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> just like. But just Henry does have a very nice beard with like a braid in the front. Mm. Yeah. Let's definitely right. put some work into it. Okay. I can respect that. Um, so I'm going to look at Baskar and sort of like indicate that plan part of plan two is in effect where we distract while uh while our friends investigate so- moira is gonna leave the group to attend to rocky and just make sure his chest is fine like look at the strap and make amendments to it so that when we get back on the road tomorrow but she has positioned herself closer to the two carts mm-hmm. while attending to Rocky. Gotcha. When I see her getting up to go to the mule, I'm going to go with her to the mule. Okay. Yeah, so you two are over at the mule. You're able to make the minor adjustment that the strap needed. It just needed to be, uh, you know, like a buckle move to a less predominant place. Um, Baskart and Grimbold, you guys are sitting around a fire. Um it's relatively quiet. One of the, the men seems to be, you know, like whittling away at something. They're just kind of passing the time. It's beginning to get much darker um, to the point where even fireflies are no longer super prominent. We probably scared them off with our argument. Yeah, probably. Oh. Feels bad, man. It feels bad. Um, uh, so. If Bas- Baskar, do you have any distracting plans? Because I've got a dice set, so we could like. Uh, no, uh, that that's good. Right now, Baskar is just thinking how in, uh, clever these guys are. That uh, that Ulrich uh, told us about how friendly they were in in and around the campfire and everything. And I'm getting that vibe from these guys. So it's like they've got a good shtick going here. So uh, so I'll look over at uh, at Grumbold and like so. Uh, one of your um, one of your famous campfire past the time away dwarven things. What have you got for us tonight, Grimbold? Grimbold pulls out a little dice bag and is like, 
Anybody ever played Goblins and Dwarves? Um, for, D- for, for the DM's context, is this a game you made up or is it a real thing? Oh, no, this is a game I'm making up on Perfect. the fly. Perfect, <laughs> because um, it matters. Um, okay. So, Jove takes a second. No, I can't say I have. Gabe, however, who seems to be the youngest... And he looks at Jeff. He's like, "Oh no, no! I I played this. I'm I'm actually really great at this game. Uh, yeah. Um, but we don't we don't have like any of the stuff to play games here. So, um, but we we have like." Ribold goes into his pack, pulls out the board, the dice, and all of the little pieces necessary. He's like, "I never travel without it." And Gabe is just like, uh, "Well, um, yeah, but that's not a regulation size board." And it's just travel size. <laughs> exactly. Joe was like, uh, shut it, Gabe. Uh, look, it's late. Um, I'm not really uh, looking to start any games. Um, I'd really rather just sit and, and finish my cuppa and, uh, and, and hang. But, um, you know, Henry, you could, uh, you could play your loot for us if you'd like. But I'm not, I don't think I'm much up for such a intricate game. I mean... The standard stake of fifty gold pieces, I'm I'm certainly willing to waive, but or I'll even put it up front, and if you guys win, you can have it. I don't get to play this game very often because someone, and I point deliberately at Baskar, doesn't like to play when he loses all the time. So with that, Henry sets down his whittling, um, strokes his really nice beard, and he's like, fifty gold, you say? All right, well, I'll learn a game. And he shifts over to sit kind of closer to you and asks how to play. So as Gribbled starts to you know lay out the board and everything, you know, we're sitting around a campfire ground and whatnot. I'm going to cast Mage Hand mm-hmm. and have my hand sit on the ground in such a way as to form a table on the top part. Mm. That's the, the most hand. brilliant use of Mage Hand I've ever heard. Isn't it? I love that. I and so that. every minute I have to renew it. Right. <laughs> so there comes a moment when it looks like the board's going to fall to the ground and I nice. pick it back up. So, so um, while you guys talk with uh, Henry about wagers and how to play this makeup game that you had, uh, Moira and Wardell, what are you guys doing? I would like to look at the party and judge their attentiveness you want to judge how your party is paying attention or how the other party the other party how okay. attentive they are to things happening outside their immediate circle certainly so give me um perception check 17 okay um so you can tell that the three men who are sitting at the fire um aren't necessarily like one henry's awful engaged with uh grimbold at this point um he seems to be very intent on trying to learn the game and he's looking at pieces and trying to make sense of it you know he's just like what um jove is watching but merely out of just curiosity because like why would you bother um gabe is is watching um but he is trying to 
tag on to sentences, you know, like every time Grimbold says a rule, he's like, oh, well, that's not how we play it in my house. But, you know, you, you do you. Um, like just kind of one upping. The only person who doesn't seem to be super invested in the new game that's been brought to the table, uh, metaphorically, um, is uh, Mr. Galdoran, who's sitting on the cart. Um, he seems to be relatively immersed in his book. Every now and again, you'll see him kind of look up and chuckle at, you know, Gabe being stupid or Henry being overzealous or Joe being just too cool for school kind of thing. But, you know, he seems relatively immersed in his book. But he is every now and again peeking up and looking at different things as they occur. But not overly invested, no. None of them seem to be paying you too much of a mind. When I notice that, I'm going to say, Mora, Mora, is it sneaky time? It's Nikita. Okay, okay. Okay. Where do you where do you think I should sneak to? Do you want to sneak to? Or do you want to sneak to different areas? Or do you want to sneak together? I'm thinking I might strike up conversation with the guy at the cart. And then you sneak towards the back and see if you can't lift up any of the fabric and see inside. Oh, that sounds like a great plan. Okay. So Moira is going to wrap up with Rocky and then make her way to the cart where, what's his name again? Uh, Mr. Galderan. Where Mr. Mr. Where G. Where is at. Huh? Mr. Mr. G? G. Yeah. G. I like that. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go up to him and um, dig into one of the pouches on my hip and produce like this medley of like berries and nuts that she has like picked up along the way and like offer them to him and go oh i see you're reading a book what is it while she's doing that i will be doing my sneaky thing but finish with her and then we can deal with that um so you're going to offer him berries in your hand and Mm -hmm. ask him about his book okay so um he looks down at you not like derisively just you're short um (laughs) <laughs> and he says um oh no no none for me uh, uh it's uh, bad for the indigestion uh no this is a uh, memoirs of uh sir uh, reginald longbottom um it was quite thrilling stuff he was uh he was a uh, he was a botanist you see and and um i won't bore you with the details but it's simply just a a, a collection of his thoughts on the subject I simply love botany. I've never been professionally trained. Most of my stuff was in the field because I've just lived out in the forest most of my life. But mm. I would really be interested in what his thoughts are. Well, um, uh, and I don't mean to be rude, but uh, given that you're not properly trained, this may be a bit above your can, darling. And he's going to go back to his reading. You're going to see him kind of shift in that kind of like, I'm reading a book, stop talking to me way, you know, like you do when you're in public and people keep talking mm-hmm. to you. Um, he, he he does that in a very decisive, like, like shift away from you. Mm. He seems to have no interest in talking to you about his book. Yeah. Free, no insight check needed. <laughs> yeah. So, sneaky boy Mac over here. So, give me stealth roll. Twelve. A twelve. Okay. So, what are you trying to do while you're making this twelve? Trying to sneak around the back and get a peek into the fabric. Okay. So you feel confident in your ability to get around to the back side of the cart. Um, when you try to pull up on the fabric, 
Um, you weren't quite aware, but basically they have like these kind of like metal grommets at the bottom that hook the fabric into the cart. So when you go to pull it, it doesn't come right away. You kind of have to push it back and then pull it up. And it's just not something you were super aware of. Um, but it does make a little bit of noise when you do it. Um, but you're relatively certain that no, nobody seemed to have noticed. You didn't hear anybody kind of look your way. Okay. But you are able to kind of move one side of the cart, the flap open, so that you can kind of peer inside. But it is very dark. I have dark vision. Perfect. Do I see anything with my dark vision? Yeah. Um, so on either side of the cart, you see some small boxes. Um, and towards the very front of the cart, you do see a chest um, that seems a little more ornate than the other boxes. The rest of them seem almost like crates. Um, they're not sealed by any means. They're kind of just like top a set of top. But they have one kind of nice chest up towards the front. I'm going to pull back and... Look around. See if anybody's watching. Mm -hmm. Do I see anybody watching? Mm, give me a perception check. <laughs> it's a 13. Okay. What are you guys laughing about? Josh just had this look like it's all about to go to hell on his face. Oh, going to hell. It's not the role I wanted there, but... <clears throat> Yeah, it's as far as you can tell, at. nobody seems to be paying you any mind. Right, I'm going to, as quietly as possible, attempt to crawl into the cart and procure the chest. Okay. If I'm going to need a separate stealth roll. That is a significantly different thing. While you roll that... Uh, Baskar and Grimbold, what are you guys doing over there? You, you're you're knee deep in explaining this game that Henry is just not getting the gist of. And Jones I'm like, is, I'm okay. like, I understand that it's confusing that the dwarf queen figure also has a beard, but ignore that. It, it's still like this is the dwarf queen and this is the dwarf king, and they're in separate areas of the board. All right, and they can never be together because the chancellor is trying to stop them from getting together so there's no heir because but aren't they already you. together they're married it's king and queen this makes no sense okay, i don't but like, this is geographically not... they're not together Ugh. right <laughs> so, what are you so, doing yeah, i'm just i'm just really trying to reinforce the most labyrinthine right. confusing yes like now 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 today is a thursday um so i'm playing the dwarf king and baskar is the queen uh, but then if we play tomorrow, it's going to be the other way around. So you like, you got to be fluid in your thinking about who's playing what, right? Right. And, and so just a lot of this and the whole time I'm trying to like angle myself so that I have an eye on Mordell as he's doing stuff so that if he does, if like he falls out of that trunk, right. I can just, I can I start you. waving my arms around and being loud and whatever. I got you. Okay. Baskar, what you doing? So the one guy that is in constant confusion and That's Henry. Right. And then then there's another one who all along has pretended he knows this game. Gabe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm just kinda kinda saddle up closer to Gabe. Um and while the conversation is going on between, between Grimble and uh the other guy, mm -hmm. um I'll commiserate with Gabe. I, it, it's tough watching people learn learn this game. Um, 
you know, and making small talk because he's not really paying attention to the directions. I yeah. already know how to play this game. So I just started making some small talk with him. So, well, what are you guys doing out here? You know, what, uh, what, do you, what, what you do for a living kind of thing? Oh, well, you know, just traveling, uh, uh, traveling with Mr. Galderan here. Um, he just needed some, uh, some escort service, uh, to some kind of, uh, symposium. I, I don't, I just, uh, I just take the coin where it's given. I really think that he's not doing this right. I mean, maybe it's some colloquial version where he is from this game. That's not, um, I, I am an expert actually at this game. Uh, in my town, I'm considered a master, almost a grand master of this game. And he's doing it all wrong. What town are you from? Oh, I'm from Elderwood. Uh, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Elderwood is in a slightly different time zone. Well, because we play at regu- regu- well, regulation time It's Thursday time there, and it's Wednesday here. And on Wednesday, then I am playing the queen, and Grimbald is playing the king. And that's where your confusion lies in. You just got to think in this time zone. Mm. Think about it as today's Wednesday, not Thursday. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it all lined up then. You guys right? start going back and forth on these rules again. Like, Gabe just re engages again uh, with why he's right. Uh, it, he strikes you as the kind of guy who just, he has dug himself into this hole and has no backtrack out. So, he's just going to keep digging. Double down. down. He's doubling down on every single one. Uh, Joe is kind of just sitting there watching the whole thing. Um, uh, he reaches over and grabs Henry's tanker when Henry's not lurking and decides he's going to relieve him of the rest of his drink if he's not going to drink it. Um, he's just very relaxed, just enjoying kind of the fool that Henry is making of himself. Um, Moira, what are you doing? So I, um, he goes back to his book and I just sit next to him on the um, cart and I pull out my own little field book and I'm just like, like I could do this too, and um, wow, this is like when mom and, and dad are like actively trying to ignore each other, but they want to be sure the other one notices they're ignoring them. Yeah, I got you. Yes, that's exactly what she's doing. But she's keeping a good eye on him to where if he starts to notice any like noises happening behind them, she has this whole like she's gonna shoot up and be like, "Oh, are you reading about Willow Bark? Well, I know about this. I got this to my." Uh, little pony all the time that helps with his inflammation after a long ride and just like go into whatever he's reading about and really annoy him each time he does I gotcha. Okay, so make me a perception check. I got my dice, but I didn't break them out. Well, that's why we break them out. We're gonna do it now. Uh, that's gonna be a 12. A 12, okay. Um, so you notice him doing the trying to get away from you thing and then occasionally kind of looking over at your book and reaching down for like a bag of peanuts or something and when he does that you just being on edge like <laughs> you're really like, oh so you're reading about that well i know about that and like kind of inadvertently are cued on to you know distracting him for something that didn't need to be distracted for yeah um so <laughs> and then afterwards i'm gonna get my berries that he do yeah. not take and start munching on them. Okay. I'm like, okay, I see you'll have your peanuts, but not my acorns. Fine. Fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> as you reach for your your berries, um, Galdoran actually reaches behind him into the cart, which is where we find Wardell. Wardell, you have successfully made it into the cart, to the best of your knowledge, unhurt. And as you're standing there in the cart, you see this 
hand reach from the front and like this kind of break in the light where the light kind of shines through the front of the cart and this hand kind of aimlessly stretching back trying to grab something just like padding along kind of near you and around have i been hearing the conversation what little bits have had yeah could i surmise what he had been reaching for from the little bit of conversation he's had Can you give me an insight check? If it's really good, I might give you a break. 19. That's pretty decent. Um, so not from the conversation so much. As you can see that on his hand, there seems to be quite a bit of like food debris. And it, he seems to be like reaching for what you think is this handkerchief that has fallen down next to the chest. So I see the handkerchief and I see the way his hand is moving. And the direction that his hand is moving, I try to put the handkerchief in front of it mm -hmm. so it'll bump into it and he'll grab it and pull it out. Okay. After a, a few more uh, unflattering things, finally his hand kind of brushes me. Oh. And as he does uh, just first more of all, just kudos on that comedy movie trope, you know, where somebody's reaching for something and the hidden guy like puts <laughs> the thing in their hand. Yeah. It was beautiful. Uh, Moira, you turn around from getting your berries just in time to see him bringing his hand out with this, uh, like, handkerchief or something and this kind of wiping off his beard and setting it aside. And you have this moment of just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Where you're just, you're just not sure what's happened. But, okay. So he goes back to ignoring you. Or no. And I go back to ignoring him. Perfectly fine. My stealth was a 21. That's a nice stealth. That's a brilliant stealth. Yeah. So you feel pretty confident that nobody knows. Like, you're you're not even sure that Moira has figured out you've gotten into the cart yet. Like, that's how good you felt about your getting into it. I'm going to try to get the chest mm -hmm. and pull it back out the way I came. Okay. And try to get it somewhere where I know that they can't see it. But I can pick it up later, which maybe from the description would be like behind our cart or on our cart and like cover it up. Okay. So it, are you you're going to take the chest and drag it along the bottom of the cart? I'm going to try to pick it up. If you would like me to roll a strength, I can. I do. I do want you to roll a strength. Yeah. With that negative one you got over there. <laughs> Come on, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? So 16. Okay. Um, so you are able to kind of heft this chest up, but it, given your stature, it's, it's fairly large for you. This would be like like a hand chest for somebody else but for you this is like a whole thing and it's going to be difficult for you to maneuver your way out as quietly as you move yourself in well when i get the impression that it's heavier than i'm expecting i'm going to start picking up one half of it and walking it back until i get to a point where i can possibly get out and get more leverage on it okay so give me a stealth roll with disadvantage. Yeah. 
17. Damn, bro. Oh, my. You did hear her say disadvantage, right? Okay. <laughs> the uh, regular rolls, 21. Okay. So you are able to get it out the back of the cart. And now you are standing outside the back of the cart. Going to try to, as stealthily as possible, I'm going to peek around, see if anybody's looking yet. Mm-hmm. And then slink over to whatever nearest hidden place I can find. So really all that's around you is y'all's two carts and the tree that you parked under. It's, it's a very, you know, Kansas-like land where there's very few and far between places. I'm going to try to get it behind the tree. Okay. And then from there, if I can lift it up into the cart, I will. But into if your I, own cart? In our own cart. If I think it's going to make too much noise, I'm just going to leave it behind the tree and let the uh, big tiefling hero. Okay. So I don't know what you think. What do you think it's going to do? Has it been making any noises? It itself, no. It's not like rattling or banging around. So I will assume it will continue not rattling and I'll keep trying to move it sort of the way I've been moving it, very stable, putting a lot of effort into not letting... Okay. Not shaking it. Okay. So, one more strength check. To get it up into... I like to think that both Baskar and Grimbold see this, like, (laughs) little shimmy going on, and our eyes are just getting wider and wider and wider. It's like, oh... Uh, and then we, we shift our position around so that the other guys to look at us have to turn away from from Matt right, you, there. I assume the mage hand table like scuttles You're slowly <laughs> inching. <laughs> yeah. It's a 12. A 12? That's perfect. Okay. So you are able to get it into the back of your cart. So what are some of y'all doing? We have a chest and a cart. We have two guys learning how to play a make a made up game and arguing about it, and uh, Moira and a wizard or a guy ignoring themselves. Grimbold is going, you know. So we're passionately talking about trying to determine these rules, and then once I see that the the chest is in the cart and like, you know, mm-hmm. safely covered so that they can't see it, I'm gonna reach down and be like. You have to be joking me. Baskar, I don't have all of the dice that we need. I left them at the inn. Well, we can't we play can't the game play. without the dice. We can't play. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's a shame. Well, uh, Henry's, um, you know, it's customary if you put the wager forth that you at least, you know, take care of me for my time and suffering. Oh, um, yeah, I am so sorry. Uh, you know, a, a good dwarf always always follows through on their game promises. And since I couldn't, here's 50 gold. And I throw it at him. Ah, well, you know, uh, it was, uh, you know, it would have been a great game. Would have been a great game. And Gabe is like, um, yeah, it's probably all for the best. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to embarrass you in front of your friends. You know, that's a thing. Um, Moira, what are you doing? Um, I am, like, trying to take, like, sneaky glances back into the cart to see if, um, 
Mac is still back there. I'm like trying to listen out here, see if I can hear anything. Um, do I hear anything? Do I know where he's at? Did I hear him like walk by or anything? Make a perception check. Tell me. That will be a 19. Yeah. So you didn't hear him, but mm -hmm. you were on the lookout for him and you see him approaching to y'all's uh, cart with a hefty chest. And very um, ungracefully, like, <laughs> heaving it into there, you know, trying to get it up there. It's like a three-step movement to get it in there. But he got it up there, and it was quiet, and you were actually mildly impressed. Baskar. Gotcha. And so now that the game has come to an unceremonious end, um, I'm going to let the mage hand dissipate about a second or two before Grimwald has finished picking all the pieces up so that some of them clatter right. to the ground. Just uh, one well, last. It is argument time again. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are again, dear friends. These, these, these things are timed. I can't, you didn't want me to just. And I'll look Grimwald at is just shaking his dwarf head in disgust. Like now I have, now I have to clean this up. Thanks. Nice. All right. Well, be sure to pick up the dice while you're down there. Oh, sorry. There aren't any there dice, are, are there? Yep. Dice in your face. <laughs> Jove, uh, Jove starts standing up. He's like, well, um, as entertaining as all of that was, I I'm going to, uh, I'm going to probably put these away. He starts grabbing every drink. So I'm going to put these away and then we're going to probably hit the hay for the night. And he starts making a beeline for the back of the cart. Blessings of the stone to you. Good evening. And on to you as well. All right, so we saw Wardell Mag come out of that cart with a... with a, And now this guy is going towards the back of the cart. To put up their evening's trappings. So, please, you know, maybe we just a little longer... Let's, you know, enough of the game, perhaps some storytelling and, and ale around the fire. While you guys were all bickering, I had several ales around the fire. And just, well, yeah, you, you have been drinking. Do you do you need some help putting up your tents? We don't we don't use tents, we just sleep on the ground. I oh. just we like to keep things tidy and put away, you know. So we you know it's putting away Mr uh Mr. Galloran does not like us leave stuff just laying about, you know. Anybody. Was that was that the one upspin guy? No, that's that's <sighs> Joe, who seems to be kind of the leader guy. You know, like we just, you know, Mr. Galloran likes things to be kept tidy and put away in the cart. He likes to keep it nice and organized. And Mr. Galloran says, "Yes, and uh, I pay for organization. So, if you would please put those away." Okay, so when he gets to the back. And he's about to put the stuff in there. I am now concerned that he's going to see that there's not something back there that should be back there. So just as he's reaching in, mm -hmm. um, I am going to cast the cantrip infestation. And a cloud of mites and fleas and other parasites are going to appear momentarily on him. Ugh. Just like a cloud of fleas and mites just came up out of nowhere. So 
hopefully that you know he drops his stuff and then starts swatting at these things. Oh yeah, and pays little attention to the back of the card. He's got to succeed on a Constitution saving throw or take one d six poison damage, and he'll get moved five feet in a random direction. Okay, um, so he rolled a 19 with his Constitution saving throw. He saved, so he's not going to take any any damage, but I really didn't care about the damage, no. <clears throat> just the, the fact that there were a cloud of fleas and yeah. gnats around him. <clears throat> so it's almost like, you know, when you walk into like a spider web at night or you walk into that cloud of like mites or whatever, he has this moment where he's like, oh, oh, and he like tosses a cup and he's like, oh, come on. And he starts swatting away at them and he's like, for God's sakes, oh, this is why I hate outdoors um and he comes billing back to the fire and he's to hell with it i'm going to bed and like slumps down and like kicks his boots up on a log just just completely gives up on the whole venture you can tell this dude does not like outside and the fact that it seems like it's almost like that tipping point you know that's like that last time that a bug flies into your face or your keys catch on the door after a really hard day like, he is over it. He is done. He doesn't even give a shit about the cubs. He's like, mm I'm done. And uh, Gabe kind of looks over at him. He's like, should we should we clean those up? Or do you think it matters? Uh, I really think you'd just piss him off at this point, don't you? Yeah, I mean, he might. just yeah. let, let good enough alone and uh, pull up a log. And... Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, Henry's like, oh, I don't give a shit about any cubs. And he pulls out a pipe and... Smokes a little bit of tobacco and kind of nestles himself down against a wheel of the wagon and gets ready to go to sleep for the evening. And they all kind of nestle. And you see Galderan, he, apparently he just kind of sleeps on the, like the, the seat of the cart. He tucks his book away. He gets like a little pillow and pulls it, gets his cloak and pulls it over. And he kind of looks over at you, Moira, and the, the part of the seat that you're taking up, be it small. And he's like, um, are you guys planning on uh, putting up tents or sleeping on your cart or on the ground where oh. do you plan to be that isn't here i'll probably just sleep on the ground um but i see you're getting ready to sleep so um i think i'll go um but what was the name of that book again i'd love to pick it up at the next library i'm at oh reginald longbottom's uh botany memoirs certainly i don't believe there's many copies it's rather rare ah. an antique we'll book maybe that's an antique if you would <laughs> And she just kind of like hops down and joins uh, the rest of the crew. And she like pulls out this like leafy thing and gives it to each of the um, other party. And it's citronella. And she's like, here for all the mites. And then tosses some into the fire so that the fumes kind of go up into the air. Yeah. You see Jove, like he takes like... He looks at, like, a piece that's fallen out of the fire, and he picks it up and, like, looks around and, like, shoves it into his shirt and, like, (laughs) because he's, like, over all the bugs. Um, All right. So most of everybody has sat down and kind of begun to nestle into sleep. What are you guys going to do as the night winds down? So I'm going to prop my head up against uh, a log kind of close to Grimwald and Grumble and say, hey, um, I think maybe we just let them get to sleep and see what happens. Maybe you sneak out of here. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I don't think we stick around. I think we wait until they're, they're CP, CP bedtime and then I mean, we just had the best night's sleep that we've had in right. months. I'm so I'm good to go. <laughs> right. uh, you guys are refreshed. Yeah. Like right. I haven't slept underground in 
in forever. So like I am rejuvenated and I can do an all nighter if I need to. Uh, so yeah, I think we, we wait until they're asleep and then do you have it? Like there are some dwarf wizards who know the spell silence. Are you a, 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 a sorcerer who knows that spell? I, I, I do not, but, if, you if, need to unlock that door in yourself. Too. Right, I, I do. If it gets things get really bad, I could put absolute darkness around us. I can I, I can make them stay. Stay. Yeah. I I love yeah. all of these options. The plants make them I, stay. I think our best bet is to just try and be quiet as we roll along. And try and get back to town, you know. Yeah, I think we let them fall asleep and then we walk the horses and the mule out of here till we get down to the road and then jump on and head. I agree. So as we're laying there <clears throat> waiting for the other guys to fall asleep, I'm just going to kind of whisper over to Grumble. Oh, Lord. Pity you didn't have those dice. Oh, I definitely have the dice. <laughs> I never leave home without all the dice. Ah, well played. It was just a oh, cunning ruse. Cunning not ruse. played. Well, not played. Uh, Wardell. So you have put the trunk back into the cart. You can see everybody around you is starting to settle in for the night. What are you doing? I am waiting on everybody to leave, and if the campfire is still going when we leave, I'm going to use my druid craft to blow it out okay. in the most natural of ways. Okay, certainly. Anything else tonight before we uh, have the other people go to sleep and you guys try to make your break for it? No, I think I'm just going to nervously pretend to be falling asleep. Okay. So how long are you guys going to wait? Is there anything you're going to wait for as a cue to try to make your escape? Are you going about amount of time or? Snoring, that okay. different breathing that you get from sleeping people. And I don't think we can actually see uh, Galdoran. Not really. Um, but I think when these three guys appear to have slipped into slumber... And I would nudge Grimbled and say, you know, give him the nod. Won't say anything. Right. Okay. So you give uh, Grimbled the nod, the little, like, yeah, it's time to go. You can see that the other party seems to be pretty well asleep. Uh, the occasional little hiccup and a snore, you know, <laughs> you know, but other than that, they seem pretty well asleep. Even um, Alderaan is making some nice little, like, wheezes and the occasional like harumphy sound from his mouth you know but uh they all seem pretty well and out it's been about an hour since they all laid down yeah grimbold is really just waiting for like the sleep farts to sit in <laughs> yeah no <laughs> and, and once once those happen grimbold's like all right then you, you know you can't fake that that's nope. that's real sleep there yeah the first right. one you hear you kind of look around and you look at wardell and he's like a <laughs> <laughs> lot of red meat a lot of red Sorry. meat <laughs> yeah there yeah. were beans in my soup um <laughs> all right but yeah i think once everyone is fully asleep i will 
lever myself up in the least uh, offensively loud way possible and make it seem like I'm maybe going to go to the bathroom, like just okay. sort of want, you know, wander over by the tree. And then I'm like gesturing for everyone. That's how you stealth in, in heavy armor. I'm just going to pee. Right. I'm just going to pee guys. Just give me, give me 10 minutes. Have you got like a little trap door on the front of that thing? Or is it a like a whole piece. involved thing? Oh yeah. Dwarven suit, Dwarven suits of armor like this are like the, um, the Fremen suits in Dune, you know, you just go in it. Yeah, and it then just there's recycling that oh, happens. Yeah. Cool. You just you just hope for the best. <laughs> hope it washes out later. All right. Um, when you get up, there is some stirring. Um, you know, from the the people sleeping. Um, it, it seems you know they're used to hearing some noises, but you know you wear full plate, right? It's it's a it's a cacophonous of noise. You know, no matter what you do. Um, All right. I, I'm definitely going to let out a very loud fart myself um, <laughs> just to sell sell it and then, you know, go stand by the tree for a bit. Yeah. And and Jove kind of like does that kind of one eyed like dad look, you know, he's like, huh? And snuggles back down again when he sees it's just you standing by a tree. Like he definitely has a moment of just awake enough to note not a problem and back to sleep. Mm hmm. All right. Yep, that was my goal. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we, cause, let's get the, let's get all the animals out of here. Okay. And then let's let's get this cart out of here. Certainly. So you guys are going to try to stealthily turn your cart around. <laughs> sure. And head back. So who wants to make the cart slash mule stealth roll? <laughs> I think we ought to put. <laughs> yeah, I think we ought to put the druid on it. So you know what? You know. Actually, I think it's going to be a group roll. Okay, I think that makes too much sense. I don't. I, think, I don't care for that idea. Well, you know, I understand why it's happening. I think I'm going to need enough successes here for you guys to do the success early. I'm sorry. <laughs> she brings out that voice. We're usually screwed. That's my patronizing voice. So yeah. All right. Twenty-six. All right, we got a twenty-six. So one success. <laughs> How's it was a crit. Fifteen strike you. Fifteen is also a success. Moira is looking less impressive. <laughs> I bet it's not worse <laughs> than. Oh, oh, it is worse than my five. So okay, so we have two successes, two fails, one of which is a critical fail. That doesn't count on ability checks for anything because I got a critical success, so they should cancel out at least. You you got a natural twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I won't count the criticals, but it's still half fail, half success. Um, so I'm going to rule that as not a success. Okay. So as you guys are trying to turn this cart around, um, inadvertently, I would say probably one of you grabs, you know, the reins and is pulling and trying to help move the cart and kind of, and you just happen to hit that spot that's still a little sore for the mule and the mule kind of bucks up and does like a big you know tries to because because it hurts you know and most of the party just kind of freezes oh god but poor Mora just can't help herself she can't the poor the poor pony and poor mule oh there there it's fine it's fine it's fine i'm so sorry i'm so sorry um and <laughs> it's that point that jove says it's like what the what the hell is going on out here for fuck's sake 
Grimgold, Grimbold is going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, listen, we we wanted to leave without waking you guys, but we really needed to get an early start. Uh, we have know, to fetch we, dice. Yeah. I had right. plenty of minds. Uh, Grimbold, make me a deception check. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am really good at this. Just so so good at this. <clears throat> How does an 11 strike you? Mm. Um, 11 is very 11-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's slightly above average. It is slightly above average. Um, but Jove looks at you, he's like, What did you say you were out here doing again? And he starts to get himself up. Because you, you have this air about you. Someone who's not a very good liar. Why'd you, uh... He kind of kicks Henry. Why were you guys out here so anyways? And why why would you want to leave in the middle of the night? I mean, and back the direction that you weren't going. Uh, it's, it's the dice, right? It's critical to our, 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 our selling venture that we entertain our potential customers. It's all part of the marketing scheme. Uh, my Grimbold friend here explains a game to them. And then we use that game to interest them in some of our magic items. The dice are critical. And we figured we have to leave now if we're going to keep our regular schedule because we have to backtrack. Mm. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Got to fetch dice. Hmm. I'm, uh, and he starts, you know, hey, Gabe. Gabe, what? Hmm? And they all get up and you see Jove kind of stand in front of him and put his hand on a sword on his hip. He's like... I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not sure I believe you. So why don't you really tell me why you're out here? Going to get dice? <laughs> we got to fetch dice. At this point, this is when the six foot five-ish man looks into your, un into your cart. Is that... Did you steal our chest? How did that get there? What? And he whips out a sword. You have two sentences. I'm going to say you stay. And with that, I cast Entangle in a 20-foot square around him. Okay. So well, let's get some initiatives. I had two great sentences. Two fantastic sentences. Uh, Sorry, I had it planned for when he drew weapon. No, that's good. 19. Sitting on a mighty five. Pascar at a 19. Grimbold at a five. Moira? 22. And Wardell. 22 plus my wisdom modifier, which is 24. Plus your wisdom modifier? Gloomstalker. It's weird that you felt the need to tell me the modifier with <laughs> He just wanted to brag. Yeah. Okay. So that makes it Wardell's turn first. So... Has my spell been cast? Yes. I will say that you got a 
surprise round on all of them since you had it already. You had told us what you were going to do that you would cast the plants thing. You said it earlier. With my free action, I'm going to say, are we going to run or are we going to fight? And I'm going to pull my bow and ready it. And that'll be my turn. Okay. So that makes it Moira's turn. So with them entangled and like the vines growing up around them, I'm going to cast Moonbeam onto Jove and hopefully it's close enough to the others. And when um, they start their turn in that Moonbeam, it's only five foot radius. Um, it's going to engulf them in ghastly flames and they'll have to make a constitution saving throw. Okay, so on his turn, he'll make a constitution saving throw? Yes. Okay. All right. That makes it Baskar's turn. All right, I'm going to stand up as tall as I can. I'm going to take my twisted staff and I'm going to hold it in in the air. And uh, using thaumaturgy, I'm going to have my eyes just glow red and ominous. And then that'll be my action. And then... Uh, I'm going to say to them, we, we are stealing nothing. We are taking back which is not yours rightfully. You've stolen from the poor wizard Ulrich, and we are here to regain his property. And if you'll just stand down and let us do what is right and just, everybody will leave here alive. Okay. Which makes it Jove's turn. So he needs to make a what kind of save? Constitution saving throw. Constitution. He rolled an eight. That does not pass. No, it don't. So, what does he take? Uh, 2d10. Got uh, radiant damage. Damn. <laughs> I love Moonbeam so much. It's pretty great. Can't kill Jovi's my favorite. <laughs> so swarthy. Swarthy. You swarthy. Uh, 11 points. Okay. All right. And that makes it Galdoran's turn. So Galdoran is going to stand up from his uh, slumber. Uh, well, from his laying position. And he is going to do very similar to what you did. And he is going to pull out... Come a, at me, bro. Come at me, bro. He's going to pull out a staff. Um, a very ornate, very well-crafted staff with a very large gemstone on the end. Um, and he is going to put it down to the ground and in a booming voice... He's going to say, enough! Everybody just stop! That makes it Henry and Gabe's turn. Henry and Gabe both simultaneously stop. And they look at all of y'all. They're holding their weapons, but they are they, they visibly stop and pull themselves back like waiting to see what you guys are going to do. 
But they have taken the word of their man, Mr. Galderan, very seriously. Jove seems to have heard it, but is otherwise entangled with other things. <laughs> okay, and that makes it's it... Like, it's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I that, stole that one from somebody on the internet today. That makes it... Grimbold's turn. Alright, so Grimbold is going... He's. I mean, he's got his sword and shield out. He is dropped into his dwarven fighting stance. Uh, and I'm going to hold an action so that if uh, if things look like they're going to go down, like if, mm-hmm. if Baskar doesn't manage to talk us out of this situation, I'm going to activate my giant's might. Nice. No, I hope I Which, don't talk us out of it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hope you don't either, because I've really been looking forward to doing this. Uh, but so I'm, I'm just you know, in a, like, crouched defensive position, ready to spring uh, if everything goes sideways. I got you. Okay. It makes it Wardell's turn. When he hears the wizard and the stern voice saying, stop, he looks and his eyes get really wide. <laughs> what is this? And he stops <laughs> and that's his turn. That's beautiful, that man. That is so in character. Can we can we give that man inspiration? You can. <laughs> you can have inspiration for a well played character that's scared of a grown man. Giving well, he bad said commands. it with that authoritative voice. <laughs> I mean, it's all it takes. You have to be like the alpha male. All right, that makes it Moira's turn. So I'm gonna say between the whole stop scenario and then seeing her friends, like take a step back and like not do anything she's gonna lose concentration on the moonbeam because she's like reassessing the situation like what is going on thought we were about to go down apparently not and it like flutters away dissipates and instead she just like holds her quarter staff at the ready and much like Grimble when she senses that things will go down she's going to ready Shillelagh on the quarter staff Nice. Okay. And that makes it Baskard's turn. Okay. Uh, I am going to use two sorcery points to quicken a spell and cast Mage Armor as a bonus action. Okay. So I've just increased my armor class. Um, and then I am... While saying... Uh, you will not stop justice. I'm going to point out my uh, my staff towards the old guy. Mm-hmm. And I will cast Ray of Frost. I thought you were going to... happening. I thought you were going to say, I will kill. <laughs> um no, uh, we gotta get we gotta get uh, Ulrich stuff back, and just some guy with a booming voice is not gonna stop me from doing that. So, Ray of Frost, let me hit the button here. Uh, I rolled a natural twenty to to hit with uh, Ray of Frost. Nice, and that does eleven cold damage to the old man. We love to see it. Okay. 
and I I'm gonna say that that like an attack is is absolutely going to trigger my my reaction. Okay. Because that like blasting an old man in the face with snow is certainly an, an offensive reaction. Oh, easily. Uh, yeah. Action. So tell us what yours does. So when that happens, Grimbold. So he's got this black, like jet black iron armor, you know, geometric and whatever. And there's a big rune carved over the the sternum, and that suddenly glows red, and he just starts expanding, like he just grow gets big, and Grimbold becomes a large creature. So I'm now, <laughs> I'm now eight feet tall, eight ten feet fa- tall, like just a dwarf that is a giant. Nice. Uh, and my sword and my weapon and all my armor grows with me, and like all of these runes like flare up on this black armor so there's they're like red and anyone who uh, reads dwarven understands that these are runes of vengeance that have been carved into this armor for generations and generations by different hands uh and then you know my eyes glow red in my thing in my visor hell yeah uh, so now now grimbold is a giant dwarf fuck yeah yeah grimbold's a badass is what he is that was cool. Very cool. All right. So that makes it... Did you have anything else on your turn besides the snowball to the face? No. Okay. Is um, is Moira also getting her shillelagh? She is getting yes. her shillelagh. <laughs> so from her hands that she's holding her quarterstaff in, this green glow starts to um, climb up the staff. Mm-hmm. And really show the veins of the wood, and that's where it's shining through the most. And you could just tell that this weapon is much stronger than it once was, and it's not going to break like the twig that you thought that it looks like. I gotcha. Very fucking cool. Very luck of the Irish. Shillelagh. I'm liking the camera shot on this scene right now. A lot of stabs in this scene. (laughs) All right. That makes it Jove's turn. Um, so you lost concentration on your moonbeam. Yes. Moira? Yes. Yes. Okay. But we are still entangled in plants. Yes? Wardell? Plants? Would you like me to roll a concentration? Because from my narration, it would be kind of hard for him to keep concentration. I think, yeah. Give me a concentration. Tell me if there's still plants. Yeah, because you were told to stop, and you're a good boy. The bestest boy. There's that face. Grimbold is now regretting he only ever had a cave slug as a pet. No, <laughs> wish he had a dog. Yeah. I did not keep concentration. Okay. So by the time that your your plants kind of deanimate and a lot, Joe crumbles to the ground he's still alive but he is very badly injured um he is unable to fight he is down not out but down very 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 injured all right uh, that makes it galderan's turn so He is going to use his multi-attack. 
Um, against you. What? Yeah, against you there, my guy, Vascar. Um, so for his first arcane burst, he will roll a 15. Does that hit you? My armor class is now a 14. Okay. So that does 3d10 plus 3 damage. <laughs> Damn. We don't love to see that. No. So that's 22 points of damage. <laughs> Ow. Ow. There is a puddle with robes in it. <laughs> I would like... Hold on one second. I would like to use my reaction and cast shield. Okay. Is that going to like have your damage or... Yeah, I got to pull it up real quick. Okay. Sorry. You are all good. No, uh, when you are hit by an attack or targeted by a magic missile spell, invisible barrier magical force, which increases your armor class to plus five till the end of your turn. So my armor class went from a 13 to an 18. But the end of your turn? Until the end of my turn. Oh, so you cast a reaction on somebody else's turn and it lasts until the end of your turn. Yes. Okay. So then you wouldn't have taken the damage. Right. Cool. Um... So Galdoran sees uh, what he can tell was a pretty solid uh, arcane burst in your direction bounce off your shielding. Um, and he looks at you from across this you know, fire pit and he's like, there's still time to end this peacefully. But you can tell from the way it hits your shield that that would have been a hefty blow to you. Um, and he is going to forgo the rest of his multi-attack. He's going to choose not to. So, that makes it Gabe and Henry's turn. And they still look up at Mr. Galdoran, and they, they just back up. One of them makes, like, a move towards Jove, kind of in that, like, are you guys going to let me... He doesn't make a step, but he kind of reaches out and leans towards him, like, looking especially at you, Grimbold. Like, he, you you are the main focus <laughs> at this particular moment. He's staring at you like, are you going to let me help my friend? Because they have Grimbold, made no move towards you. Yeah, Grimbold's eyes are entirely, or his helmet and his glowy red eyes of anger are solely focused on the other wizard. These two guys, they're not even in the equation. Okay. And that does make it your turn. All right, so I'm going... I'm big now. Big. So can, can I cross the distance between us and where Mr. G is? Oh, easily. A... Okay. So Grimbled just, like, giant steps over there, and I'm just going to reach down and, like, pick him up. Just, like, grapple him into my hand so that I'm holding him. Okay. Uh, and then if I succeed, I'm going to say, no more magic. We're leaving. And I'm going to give him a little squeeze. Just a little squeeze. Yeah, just okay. a little one, enough to make him feel the bones start to, <laughs> uh, you know, just enough pressure. All right, grapple tap. Okay. So that is uh, an athletics check on my part. Yes, it is. All right, and I have advantage on this because I'm big. Because, you know, you're giant. So that's a 22. It's successful. Obviously. Okay. 
So I'm just going to, I grab him and I pick him up and I like move his face. So it's right in front of mine. And I'm like, no magic. We're leaving. And then you, you guys can hear the metal in my gauntlet. Just go. (laughs) And I'm, and like, I'm squeezing it so that he, like, he cannot move. Right. At this, like, you know, his arms are down and he's got a big old dwarf face with I will re- remind you that my my helmet has a, a death's head on it. So right, no, terrifying at the very least. Like if there were sanity checks. That's right. Rolling, uh, but they're not, so. Yeah. And then as a free action, I'm also going to say, Baskar, start moving the cart. Okay. Um, so. Wardell. <clears throat> At this point, Wardell is a little confused. He's seen... <laughs> There's a lot going on. He didn't know if we were running or fighting, and then the stop, and then he saw the attacking, and now he sees the big dwarf holding up the wizard, and he is going to say, time to pounce. And that is his verbal component for Zephyr Strike. For his bonus action. Okay. And then he is going to take his first bow shot at the wizard with sharpshooter on. Okay. Take the shot, my guy. And with Zephyr Strike, I give myself advantage on this weapon attack roll. But you're trying to shoot the wizard. That is currently being held in the hand of your giant friend. Yes. So, sharpshooter, how does that work with coverage? Because this is going to have... So what I think he, the the wizard, is in the grappled condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doesn't sharpshooter ignore cover? Ignores half and three quarters. Okay. Then yeah, take your shot, my guy. I just want to make sure we were on the up and up. The first shot is a crit. Okay. <laughs> There's oh, not going to be a guys. wizard left in my hand. I'm just going to be like, oh, <laughs> Ugh, throw it away. Yeah. yeah so it's like it. 10 from sharpshooter, plus four. Mm-hmm. Are we doing the max damage dice on the crit? Hell yeah, we are. It's no fun if you don't. So... 20 plus 1d8 force damage. God damn. Twenty-four. Alright, twenty-four points of damage. Yeah, so you see this makes a solid a solid hit, like right into the shoulder of the wizard. Um it, he would he would move more, but he's physically incapable of it. That you know he's waiting for uh, Grimble to let him, uh, you know, flinch away. He's he's incapable. But you see it it impact very strongly right into the shoulder, um, and he cries out in a in a gasp of, of of agony. And I am already readying my second attack. What about second attack? What about second breakfast? 
So that is a 17. Doesn't look like the sharpshooter got added onto that one. Well, it's a hit. Oh, no, it did. Sixteen. Sixteen points of damage? Okay. How do you want to do it? The first arrow flies in, and as he's screaming out in pain, I already have the second arrow up, and it's flying towards him when I realize... Maybe I should have just went with one. Maybe. <laughs> Overkill. Too late. So as that second arrow kind of uh, whizzes through the air, and you're having this moment of, eh, is this the right choice? And you realize it's far too late. Um, in my head, Grimbold kind of, you know, is like turning around to see, like, why are you firing at him? He's already in my hand. And he happens to move him in just the right position where <laughs> that arrow just goes straight through the side of his head. And Grimbold's just like... <laughs> and you're just holy sh and uh you're just holding what is effectively a wizard kebab right like big old dwarven armored head is like what did you do what the fuck bro <laughs> what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> bad dog good I shot we can run now i'm a good boy i'm a good boy <laughs> um yeah so you see um <laughs> You see Gabe and Henry. Um, having seen Grimbold, you move all of your attention over to the wizard. They have grabbed Jove, and they are starting to try to drag him out of this this campground. And then they see this moment happen, and they both kind of stop. And then they, they look around each other, and they're like, Look, y'all you, can have all our belongings, okay? It's fine. We, we won't make any trouble. We just let us live, okay? We promise... Um, you can have all of our stuff. There's, there's, uh, Mr. G uh, Mr. Galderan had lots of magic items. Uh, he's, he, 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 uh, he, anything in the trunk you want. Just, just, there's crates. Um, we were headed to market. So help yourselves guys. We're just, we're going to go. We don't get paid enough for this. Okay. Is that, can we just go? Can we just take our friend and can we go? Giant dwarf head nods. And that's literally like, regardless of anybody else's faces, that is the only consent they needed. At that point. Um, so they grab Joe by the back of the collar and they just start dragging uh, off into the to the, to the grass because they're they not fucking with roads. They're That'll out. teach you not to be highway brigands stealing from poor unsuspecting wizards. We will take this back to Ulrich and justice will have been served. Um, as you say that, um, Henry kind of, he stops, he's like, what? What do you? What do you mean? You're the brigands. You're stealing from us. You took our stuff and you're killing. You killed our our our, our employer. What are you talking about? What kind of sick game is this? And he's trying to drag, but Job is like a big dude, and they're trying to drag him squat away. But he's he's trying to book it. But you know, Henry's a talker. <laughs> uh, at this point. Are we out of combat order? Yeah, you are. I, I mean, assume? you can still okay. combat it if you like. <laughs> no, uh, Grimbold is going to more gently than you think is possible for a giant dwarf lay the body down. Right. And then he is going to advance on these guys and he reaches behind him and he pulls out his healer's kit, which is now extremely big. Giant. 
and, <laughs> and at the sight of you reaching for anything, they both drop Jove and cower. So I'm going to very gently pick up Jove as though he is a wounded bird. Oh. And I'm going to wrap him in gauze. Just like your whole body. Gigantic gauze. So if he if he was dying, he's now stabilized. He nice. like a mummy. Spend a, spend a, he is a bit of a mummy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to set him down and then take off my helmet. And as I take off my helmet, I shrink down to my normal dwarf size. And I'm like, what are you talking about? When I see him healing Job, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. And I'm going to cast Healing Spirit over Mr. Gallarand, mm -hmm. I believe his name was. Yeah. And it'll give him 1d6. How does that work if you're in the negative, my guy? You go to zero and then you... Okay, okay yeah. So yeah, it depends on whether you were going to play him as a monster, in which case zero, he's dead. Or if you're playing him as an NPC, you could NPC. make him that he was making death saves. And okay, I'll out. He just stopped the death saves. So. Yeah. So you one d six. As you ask him, like, what are you talking about? Um, Gabe is 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 head between the knees. He is not looking up. He is he hasn't even noticed you've gotten small. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> He is, he had nothing to do with it. You can tell he's the greenest of the bunch. Um, mm -hmm. Cowardice. But Henry, he's, you know, he's still cowering, but he's like, <sighs> I mean, if you're going to take our stuff, just take it, man. Like, I, it is not even worth this gig. Like, <sighs> we will leave all your stuff. We are only going to take that which you improperly acquired. We will take Ulrich's stuff and leave all of your belongings for yourself. Who the hell is Ulrich? I'm going to then describe Ulrich. You know, human, this tall, this color hair. Naked. <laughs> naked. <laughs> oh, we haven't met any naked guys, but if he stayed with us last night, you mean Lachlan? We're all naked under our clothes. Well, I mean, yeah, but it, the guy who stayed with us last name, his name was Lachlan. He was a traveling salesman of some kind. I don't, I don't know. He tried to sell us on a bunch of stuff and we were, but he just, he camped out with us, but, um. No, we don't have any of his stuff. I I, I promise. But I, I, like I said, there's lots of valuables. You could take it. You can go. Just I I don't want any more trouble, man. I just I got a wife we, back home. We're not thieves. We're <sighs> Ulrich Lockland found us in town and said that several men in a cart with a red tent or red uh, cover had still relieved him of his goods and left him naked in the woods. We came to fetch. I'm not in we the business of undressing guys. Huh? There'll be proof in the chest. The blue orb. Ulrich was very uh, very interested in retaining his, his prized possession, the blue orb. Open the chest. At, that will be the proof. At that point, you hear uh, Galloran, who is, is still kind of choking on, on blood and things like that, but he's just barely enough. He's, How do you know of the, of the orb? <coughs> Who told you of my orb? <laughs> Ulrich told us how you stole the orb and all of his magic items and gold from him. I've told I've stolen nothing. That these are my belongings. Who who is <coughs> who is Ulrich? 
I am going to go over and cast Healing Word on him just so that we can get some more information on him. Okay. <laughs> okay, Mortar's just like, too much coughing, not enough talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could just not. Straighten up here, dude. <laughs> I see you can't talk about your classical training now. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> How much healing points does he get? Uh, It is going to be four. Sure. Okay. Not not a lot, but he'll work. Yeah. So with that, he kind of sits up on no one elbow. He's like, "Oh, thank you." Um, I don't know any Ulrich. I know that the gentleman Lachlan last night was very interested in in what I might have to sell him, and I showed him a couple, uh, like a what did I show? Like a wand of fireballs, and uh, so um. Gabe's got some boosts of haste he said he'd be willing to get rid of, but other than that, I mean, we didn't... How did he tell you about the, the, the orb? The orb, I didn't even show him that. It's locked up in my chest in my... in the cart. Where's my chest? Where's my... where is the chest? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> we may have that. Chest might be in our cart. I fetched. <laughs> so, <sighs> at this point, I... I would like Grimbold is a little confused, but he's internalizing that he may have been tricked and is not happy about that. Uh, so can I make another insight check to see if uh, Mr. Gallarand is, yeah. is lying? Yeah, no, please, okay. go ahead. Because right, uh, otherwise, well, I only got an eight for my insight. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so as far as you can tell, he's sincere. It's hard to tell given that you don't, um, he didn't do a lot of talking to him previously throughout the night, uh, and he did just kind of die and come back. Right. So he's a right. little off put at, by your presence. Um, get it? I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I get it. Um, but as far as you can tell, there's no deception. He seems genuinely like confused and trying to explain and answer questions that he doesn't really understand why you're asking, and then incredibly uh, concerned and perturbed that his chest is missing and why it ended up into your cart. So when he says that, you know, uh, Grimbold was looking intently at uh, Galderon, uh, I'm going to look at the other guys and try to gauge their facial expressions and how they're acting through the, the fear and all that to see yeah. if I feel like they're being truthful as well. Because so I'm starting to feel a little bit sheepish. Yep. Got a little egg on our face on this little. one, guys. <laughs> so go ahead and roll me a, a insight. That's an 18. Okay. So Gabe has not moved. Still fetal position on the ground. Um, he, you're not entirely sure, but you think he may have vomited. Like, he oh. seems that far out of it. Um, uh, Henry, however, is standing up and he's kind of brushing himself off. And he's looking at you guys and... He, he seems to be very much so checking in on Mr. Galderan, like, you know, trying to, and he's making sure, like, Joe is okay. But as best you can tell, he's very, very confused. Because um, he, it looks like he was, like, still very concerned that you guys are going to kill them. But trying to figure, like, why you guys aren't just taking their stuff and going, like, what kind of thieves just hang around and have polite conversation? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, he's looking at you like, you're robbing me really poorly. Like, this is really not a good professional job. Uh, he's like, but... Look. 
I don't know what uh, with Lachlan or or uh, Oroville, whatever he said his name was. Ulrich. Ulrich. Okay, I don't know what he told you guys, but he left before we did this morning. Like he was gone when we got up. I I was sitting. I was sleeping in the back of the cart. I got up and then he was gone. And then then Jove was uh where was he? Oh, he was sleeping by the fire. Gabe was Gabe. Get up. You're making us all look bad. Gabe was sleep like. I think behind one of the bushes. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, like the uh, Lachlan was gone, long gone. All right, we, we've got a dilemma here. I, so I know the Galderon is a wizard. I mean, I, I, he cast a spell at me that was quite powerful. I almost wasn't able to protect myself from. We have only the word of Ulrich that he is a wizard. Well, right, he says he's Ulrich the Wizard, but if his name is Lachlan, that means he's not Ulrich the Wizard. Right, but we're still in the situation of who's lying. It could be these people. Is there some proof that, that the belongings in that chest are, are yours, Galderon, that would convince us that that is not Ulrich's chest illegally gotten by you? Well, Because um... I really like it if you couldn't prove that. <laughs> And we don't look so stupid. Uh, well, I think the only thing really is um, the name placard on the on the chest. I'm, oh. I'm going to look over towards <laughs> Mac. Was there a name placard on the chest you fetched? There is. Would I have noticed it? Possibly. It's I don't good. know. You spent like 30 minutes manhandling. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if you want to go check it out, I you know, can give you more information as to where it is. I'll go check it out. Yeah. So, um, like, up underneath where the lock would sit and fold down, there is a small little gold placard that says um, M. Galdrim. In what language? Common. Yeah, yeah, it's here. It's here, boss. I like Moira's idea of double confirming with the animals. Okay. Oh. Do they have any pack animals? No. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. That would have been great. So if you recall, one of the tracks that he found was somebody pulling the cart by hand. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I'm going to look at Vaskar and I'm like, how did, how did we get fooled by this? I think we were... In our ego a bit after a successful dungeon and just saw the next adventure. Um, I'm still not, there's still a way here, right? Okay, so you own the chest. How do we know the contents in the chest are yours? The blue orb. Bring the blue orb out. I don't recommend it, but <clears throat> be my guest. Fetch the ball. Fetch the ball. Fetch the ball. I'm going to try to go fetch the ball. Okay. So you can open up the chest, and inside you see um, this kind of like red velvet lined um, inside that's kind of got this depression that's been carved out. Like the chest was built to hold this thing? <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> and the, the the top of it is also velvet lined so that this orb that sits in there, it perfectly fits inside. So it doesn't rattle. It doesn't roll. It sits exactly where it's supposed to. It's about... Uh, 
yeah, maybe a little bit smaller than a you know fist size, but it, it, it's decently sized. And it's got this kind of uh, bioluminescent glow almost to it. But there doesn't seem to be like an outer rim of glass. It seems like the whole thing is some form of glass that is imbued with this like bluish um, constant glow to it, but not all over. It's almost like streaks of this bioluminescence kind of whirling in and out um, that have this faint, almost shimmer to sections of it. It's very, it's very beautiful. I'm going to sniff it. It smells like velvet. No, that's good. Do you smell any trace of Ulrich on there? Like, has Ulrich touched that? Do I smell the sweet <laughs> scent? Make the you the survival sweet last scent time? of Ulrich. <laughs> Which one? You used uh, survival to get his scent. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So, I'll give you advantage because. You've already identified the smell. It's not like you're trying to pick up a new smell. You know what smell you're looking for. Okay. Then it's 28. Beautiful. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no. Not no. a drop. Not even the smell of, of campfire or any prolonged smoke, as if it has been shut for n the entire time it has been in that chest. No, boss. Don't smell him. I think he's a bad boy. I think you're right, Mac. And I'm gonna look at, at Moira and Grimbold. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So my my thought would be to turn to uh, Mr. G and say, "I am so sorry. We were given bad information. Uh, it seems that Ulrich the Wizard slash uh, Lockland." Uh, attempted to frame you uh, as thieves and then get us to steal the items that he was interested in. Uh, I, as I see it, we have two options. The first, we can let you all go about your business, and I'm happy to pay you some coin and compensation for the fact that uh, you took an arrow to the skull. Uh, <laughs> not pleasant. Uh, Did the magical healing like remove the arrow? Look, I'm not going to poke <laughs> holes in that curtain, okay? We're going to skip right past that bullshit. <laughs> it popped out like Wolverine. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. Uh, you know, some compensation for, for your trouble. Or uh, we can set up a situation where, you know, and then we go back and say we couldn't find you. Or we can go back to town with you in tow. And we can present evidence to the local guard that this happened, uh, and he can be arrested for what happened, you know, for the harm that he caused. You'll forgive me if I want no further dealings with you and your kind. Excuse me, we just saved your life. Excuse me, you just took it. <laughs> yeah, but we gave it back. You may do as you please. What do you mean, your kind? I mean the four of you. That's Us fair. specific as individuals. I and my compatriots are going to go very, very far away from here. And if I see your faces again, I will not make the attempt of peace at that I did this time. I never want to see you again. Put my trunk back on my cart and leave me be, for God's sake. 
And this time you hear Henry kind of finally, Gabe, seriously, get up. This is enough. And Gabe kind of pulls his head up. He's like, I know how he knows about the orb. What? And Henry says, Gabe, what did you do? Gabe's like, I was, look, we got up and he was like, we were having like a moment. I thought I was making a friend and you guys ever talked to me. And I just, oh. I wanted to show him something cool and I wanted him to like me. I'm sorry. Grimbold is going to approach Gabe, put a gauntleted hand on, maybe a little too hard, <laughs> and be like, you acted with the spirit of a goblin and dwarves chancellor today. Which is high praise coming from me. Like, I'm trying to... I'm, he probably doesn't know what Yeah, he's not sure if that's an insult or not. He's like... No, no, no. Like, my, my, my genial Santa dwarf face uh. is like... I'm selling it like Santa dwarf. Yeah, you did a great job. Um, you know, I was intimidated by you, which is why I had to get big. Right, definitely. Know? Like you, because I didn't. You mean it? <laughs> Sorry. I, listen, I have fought so many monsters, and I thought that this was the time that I was I was done. You know. Thanks. I've been working on it. You did so good. Um. You know, if you ever want pointers, I got a list. But, like, your friends should look to you in a crisis because you showed real nobility of spirit. Just between us, I think they do. I think they do, too. Yeah. So with uh, that, uh, Henry and, and and Gabe, and they kind of get Job up and put him in the back of the cart. And Galdron's like, look, I don't care what you do. I don't care about Lachlan. I don't care about any Ulrich. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going home. I'm going to walk towards the back of our cart and just kind of mumble, that, that's fair. Um, and I'm going to grab the chest out of the cart with, I'm sure, uh, what uh, Wardell sees as Master incredible strength. ease. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he is so strong. <laughs> just Look at Master. He's so cool. <laughs> and I'm going to go place it. In their cart, and I'm going to look at at Galderon, and I'm going to, yeah, I wanted to say something, but I'm figuring probably not best, so I walk back past my compatriots, and we're going to go kick that guy's ass. Yeah, so but with can that, we take a nap first? Because yeah. I can only big every so often, <laughs> and... I would like to really put the fear of dwarf in him. Yeah. When we, so it is the uh, middle of the night. Um, right. But so Galaran and his company are like, you know what? We will just, we will sleep later. And they have taken <laughs> off. So you guys are welcome to take the rest of the night at your nice campfire that you have now acquired. <laughs> so lovingly hill. crafted for yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> lovingly crafted. Um, there's some tankards on the ground a couple yards away if you want to go get those. You know, I, I wouldn't even touch them. I wouldn't even pick it up because I would feel so, so guilty about yeah. having one of their items in my possession. Yeah. I feel like a, a sack of dwarven garbage right now. Yeah. So I'm really going to need so, you guys can sleep on it and make it right. Yeah, you guys can sleep on it. Next morning, um, sun is up, birds are chirping. You guys do not feel super great about yourself. It's kind of you know like after a really bad like party, and you're just like having to like very begrudgingly put your shit away, and you're just you wake like up Man. remembering remembering some of the things you did last right. night. Right, like, really ooh. shameful, and you're hoping nobody <clears throat> else brings it up, and you're all kind of like looking at each other like like if you don't say anything, I'm not going to say anything. Like can we just get through packing? 
and you head back to town. Um, as you arrive back in town, on the way there, I'm going to have a quick conversation with with my party and please. say, "I think if this guy gets any indication that uh, that we're coming back empty-handed, he's going to bolt." So we've got this cart that could be carrying stuff in it. So I think we should come back into town without these mopey faces we've currently got on, but with the faces of victors coming to claim the spoils of that victory. And that'll allow us to get close to them. And then I can put this shaft to the staff right up in his face. In his face. Well, uh, and, and, and Mac Wardell, you can make him stay. I, I can make him stay. All right. I can pounce yeah. too. You got a lot of options. Yeah. At least two. Okay. I mean, yeah, we've got we've got stay, we've got grab, you know. Yeah. There there are options. There are lots of options. Okay. Anything else before you guys make it in town? When we get close to town, I'm going to use beast sense and my great dane, I'm going to send him into town. And looking through his eyes, I'm going to locate Ulrich Lachlan and bring the Great Dane back out and let them know exactly where he is. Okay. Um, so now, just to be clear, when he introduced himself to us, he was only Ulrich. He didn't Ulrich give a last name. The wizard. Ulrich okay. the wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So is he you, able to find anything? Uh, he doesn't see... Ulrich, but he does lead back to the Tabby Cat Inn that you guys have been staying at, as though he may have, you know, followed the scent or some other in, in, indication, but that is where he, but they're not, like, opening the door for, you know, Great Dane to come inside by himself, you know. So, but that's where he, he sits and stays, and unless you can call him back. Yeah, I can bring him back. Yeah, so if you want to call him back, you can, but he seems to be kind of just pacing along the outside of the Tabby Cat Inn. Guys, he's He's definitely back at the tabby cat. Yeah, I think then we roll in with the cart, s- summon him out like, we, like we've like we got all of his stuff. Right. And when then, we first get into town, we tell the little kids on the street, find Ulrich, we have retrieved his stuff, and they go right, running we've off. We've done it again. <laughs> Look at how great we are. So great. I'm going to need deception checks. No, because <laughs> you guys are not in the mood to be boasting your own <laughs> faculties. No, uh, you're fine. I'm kidding. Yeah. So you guys come in and put on the smiling faces of people who have, you know, just triumphed over evil and uh, helped the wizard in distress um, and approach the tabby cat in. Nobody comes out to meet you. Nobody. I mean, Nobody's gone inside to tell anybody to come out to meet you. It seems like everybody's kind of looking at you like, well, that's nice. Like walking away, you know? Um, but yeah, no, all work's not sitting outside like he was when you left. Well, I, I'll use thaumaturgy again to make my voice booming. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ulrich, come retrieve your goods. We have been successful and let us strike our bargain so that you might give us the magic items you promised. Um, so with that, you see uh, the waiter from yesterday come out of the front door. He's like, um, uh, "Were you were you wanting another room for the night? Or is there something I can help you with?" You. Where is the gentleman that walked naked into town yesterday? We've we've come to see him. You know, we came. In, we 
Oh, pants oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what was his name again? All right. No, no, I'm sure that wasn't it. Oh, Stefan, Stefan the Bard. Yeah, well, he sang in the tavern for uh, most of the night, and then I haven't seen him since. I don't know where he went to. But, um, well, I know he was headed to the south road uh, just before dusk. That's the last time I saw him, honestly. I'm going to turn to... To Grumbo, that son of a bitch followed us. He knows everything that happened. By the stones, I am internally swearing a number of oaths of vengeance that are going to be carved into this armor tonight, furiously. So, in the coming days that you spend in um, Barnesboro and the Tabby Cat Inn, Multiple people across town notate things that have gone missing. You know, um, a very nice necklace from us all here, a very nice cloak from something over here. Uh, there seems to have been a rash of thefts in the area. Um, there seems to be no lead on to who may have committed these thefts, but you all have a pretty good inkling that this is Lachlan, Ulrich, Stefan whoever he is, that may have cased a bit of things before heading out just before dusk, watched what you did and decided to make himself scarce. We've sat around here feeling sorry for ourselves long enough. We're adventurers. It's a quest we need, and I have just the one. And that's where we'll end it. <clears throat> It was, a very, it, was just, it was a perfect cutscene. I like it. it was a perfect cutscene. Um, it was going to be go find this fucker and kick his ass. I, I figure, which is why I cut it. <laughs> right, because now you set yourself up for the, the second movie. Right, right yeah. Just got to cut it right there. No, yeah, so he did, um, he did follow you, and he's a very decent level rogue who just kind of watched from the shadows, watched you kill this guy, um, and then revive him, and then figure out that he was lying. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to be there when they come back, and ski down. Damn it, Steph Lockrich. Steph Lockrich. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you yet. That's right. Curses! No, I like the way that, uh, first of all, great job, Em. Hey. Yeah, that was great. Well yeah. done. Wait, if you arrange the name differently, it can be Olafin. Like elephant? Uh, mm. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, we're going to move past that note. <laughs> ah. <laughs> the fuck? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Whatever it tusks. I did make a cool magic item that you guys didn't get to mess with. Boo. If you had managed, if you had actually gone and gotten the orb to take out, it is the orb of astounding resilience. So, what this does is that um, when holding it, you are resistant to all types of elemental damage. So that's lightning, ice, water, fire, anything, for three rounds. But at the end of the three rounds, it triggers a cursed effect that you then take 1d4 of damage to your maximum hit points for every round you continue to hold. 
Oh, that's, that's easy. Out. I'm just going to drop it after three. <laughs> no, yeah. That's cool. And you can never get those back. <laughs> max Your max hit points are decreased by 1d4 every turn that you continue to hold it. So it's a trade-off. Like, yes, you're resistant to these damages, but you can no longer be <laughs> what your hit points are. That was his uh, almighty orb that... Oh, cool. You uh, you played the NPCs great. Thank you. They're like the uh, the twist at the end. Um, you know, nowhere in the write up was that uh, the con man would follow out. So that was a great add to it. It made perfect sense. It was it was in my head that he would follow you guys out because he was taking a risk that you guys weren't going to figure it out, and if you came back. He kind of need to know what headspace you were going to be in right. to to take on this stuff, um, you know. So it was in my head that he was going to follow you guys out there. Um, it was kind of a last minute thing to decide that he was going to have lied to everybody and say he was a bard and he was going to hang out for a few hours and then follow you guys. That was kind of just me winging it because I kind of wanted him to have a third name and it was funny. Um, <laughs> no, it was great because you know you set him up as a, a lasting NPC, not necessarily villain figure but irritant <laughs> figure that's pretty cool yeah well, what'd you guys... think moira i really enjoyed that that was really fun sorry you guys didn't get more comment how well you could play npcs me yes oh that's just because i have mental illness <laughs> <laughs> multiple personalities rolling around in here now um I, w I wanted you guys to get some good combat but like legitimately had the wizard wanted to, he could have really fucked y'all up. Like the the CR rating, this is considered like just shy of deadly. If the if the wizard chose to be, like just shy of deadly. But I was like, he's a he, he really doesn't want to fight you. Like he genuinely he has three arcane bursts. He could hit you with three of those. And, well, and I like the way that you kind of eased and gave little clues that this guy was. Leaning towards good and away from just highway brigand, right? Right. Right. His first thing when he popped up was stop, not fireball. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, probably should have tipped something off in us. That why would he say stop? Yeah. Everybody just stop. So, what did you think, Alex? Oh, I had a great time. I really, I I like finding any solution that isn't combat. Yeah. Which is why it's a little silly that I chose a fighter, but whatever. Who became a uh, giant. Yeah. No, yeah. but it was pretty epic, though. It was, it was a, a badass scene. character. Yeah. I enjoy. I really enjoyed uh, being able to use that, so thank you for shooting him in the face with You're welcome. Frost. Um, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy any role-playing opportunities, like... Uh, you know, trying to distract people while the sneaking was happening was a lot of fun. That was great. Um, the making of the game on the spot was, was fucking brilliant. Because I, that's why I had to ask, like, as a DM, um, <laughs> is this a real game? Because if it was, then I was going to play it different. But since it was a fake game, I was like, well, in my head, Gabe was kind of like that tag-along little brother who always right. had to be part of everything. And I was like, well, Gabe was going to be like, no, I can play that game. I know all about that game. I'm the best at that game. Yeah, I, I and I, I think those three, those three guards were my yeah. favorite part like <laughs> they, they, were, they, were, they were they were great um and i really wish i could have smashed steph ulrich steph ulrich lachlan <laughs> steph ulrich yeah <laughs> lock whatever yeah uh but uh it, i i'm very happy with how that turned out I, I think it was a lot of fun yeah not being able to smash his face is uh you know a little bit disappointing but 
having him still out there is also intriguing. Yeah. So right, because like now that. we've got our white whale, or I've right. got my white right. whale. Right. Right. So, John, and and I, I know knew what the deal was because we were involved in writing this thing. Hannah, you designed the the sheet, the page that we use for mm-hmm. encounters, by the way. And if anybody wants to uh, commission Hannah to do those kind of things, at whole underscore N-A-D-E-L, hit her up. It was beautiful. She did such a good job. They are so pretty. And if you haven't seen it, um, there's a link been posted in the chat a couple of times to our coffee where you can pick it up for free. Yeah, the colored version. It is, but I was saving printer ink. Yeah. Because we have that version, but we'll save you printer ink. But it, it's really beautiful. Anyway, so Hannah, you got to see this write-up as you were designing that sheet for us, but I don't know how much time you actually spent reading it and how much of it was just, are the blocks big enough to fit the text that they wrote? So were you aware that uh, of what the what the actual twist was um, and how to just role play around that is like John and I did? Yeah, um, when I was making it, we were trying to decide how big to make it, whether we were gonna try and fit it to one page or two. I did read all of what you had provided to see if we could get it down to one page. And it was like, no, this has to be two pages. And through that, I did know everything. So I just. But Alex, I'm like you. I love the role play in the session and the fact that it didn't have to all be combat. And the fact that I had to get into my character and play it without my meta knowledge was really kind of fun to do. Oh, yeah. And y'all did a great job of not using the meta knowledge you had. Um, almost to, to to my disappointment, because I was like, I really want y'all to, like, <laughs> to do it my way. <laughs> Please do it my way. Um, but that's not, you know, how it's going to always be. But, uh, no, I had a really good time. Um, and I really liked I liked the way y'all handled that. I love the, the game thing. I love... Um, you trying to manhandle this this human sized box like and roll after roll crushing it like I kept so, trying to find a reason to like make this not sixteen. I was like, well, damn. I mean, if you're gonna roll seventeen, I guess yeah, sure, put it in the book. I don't care. The strength was surprising <laughs> because I was, was at a negative one, but like survival and stealth, I have it yeah. like plus eight and plus six. Oh, so uh, kudos to John on <laughs> on Wardell. I love that's just that our character. dog. I know, Matt. When he yeah. said. I didn't get it at first. She said sometimes called Mac. Which and is our dog, Alex, by the way. Our dog Mac Millen, who is a great Dane mix and is dope is exactly what John just did. Um I just, now understand. Yeah. That's why I was looking, I was like, Really? Really? I, I'm tired of playing characters I don't like. I'm just gonna play characters I like from now on. If the characters you've been playing are ones you don't like, I don't even want to know what characters you like is gonna be like because the ones you don't like have been absolute anarchy. <laughs> so you know, my first thought was what is this? But then just the way you played him out, the rest of the thing was, it was awesome. It was good. It was good. I liked it. <clears throat> um, I've heard of Raised by by Wolves, but not Raised by Dogs. dogs. He was a lotus and halfling, so I imagine he was like abandoned in a forest somewhere and just sort of picked up by dogs and yeah, the rest awesome. is history. 
Um, I love Grimbold. Um, I, I love his affinity for eating rocks and uh, his Branch appreciation rocks. for the rocks. Um, Listen, I, I often play great. dwarves, and that is a shtick throughout everything I do. I love that it. Dwarves eat rocks. Uh, I, I have enough that. rock knowledge in my brain, like as a person, that I would have a great time just you know, DMing, talking about, you know, oh, it's a very beautiful amethyst. You know, just going through the rocks with you would be great. The yeah, visuals I mean, of the glowing vengeance really the, was really the cool. The first too. failure in this game was when, when Grimbald wasn't suspicious that Ulrich never touched the baked rock that he put on. <laughs> right, that was the key. Because any true really? wizard would appreciate the rock. And I mean, dwarves understand that humans have weak teeth. Like, yeah. it's, you know, they just, they can't really get it. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on someone because they, their, their culture and teeth don't understand right. the joy that is baked rocks. So it was really just a power play to put baked rock on his plate because you knew he couldn't eat it. But <laughs> I was also being hospitable. Yeah. Just like, hey, if you want to try it, that's great. Yeah. You know, but if you don't, I'm not offended. It's like, just just put it out there. Give just, it a try. You, know, you don't know until you try it. We have healers available. Right. <laughs> so. This town has a great cleric dentist. Okay? I mean, it was top notch. Mora, I loved Mora's uh, visuals on the, uh, the, the shillelagh, the shillelagh oh, staff. Uh, I forget what the other one was that was really cool. The losing concentration on the spell. Yeah. At that point, my favorite part was when she was like, you know, having an uh, ignore standoff with uh, with a wizard, and she's like, "Well, if you don't want my my acorns, that's fine. I will." Well, then took a seat on his bench, which was his bed, right? And then, oh my god! And then had to awkwardly like excuse herself out of the situation. It was fantastic, fantastic. The introvert in me was I was dying the whole time. Sorry. I was like, "Oh, oh no, that's <laughs> so that. awkward. I hate it." Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Emma, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> choked up. I know. I've just I've I brought you to such emotion. Emily, you did a great job. Thanks, <coughs> Alex. Thanks for joining us, yeah, Hannah. I had thanks a great for time. joining us. Had a blast. Somebody else do the 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 outro here because I still got this frog in my throat. Don't forget to check out Backwater Games. I will yeah. link it in chat one more time for you. Yes, and we've we've got uh, another another one going uh, that we're going to be put, putting out early 2023. Ooh. That's Backroads, which is nice. our first expansion. You can find us on Itch. I can send you a link at some point. Yeah, definitely. Got to send me my shit, man. I want to get some stuff. And that's been all from us, Percentile Vice. We have the nude wizard on our Ko-Fi. Coffee. The naked, naked wizard. wizard. Naked wizard. Nude sounds dirty, dude. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, did anybody else get a little uncomfortable with the aesthetic John chose for the overlay? It's very Halloween-y. It's not. Uh, I had a problem with that. But I think it was personal. <laughs> Trying to explain this to my seven-year-old who's like, why are you making a thing about a nude wizard? And I'm like, please don't ask. Please don't ask. And please say naked. Don't please. say nude. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't sound right. Yeah, well, that's what he put on the screen. It says nude. So, ruining kids one day at a time. It's Halloween. Yeah, okay. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Uh, Alex, special thanks to you. Hannah, special thanks to you. And everybody in uh, chat, thanks for joining us. We had a great time tonight. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Again, that's available for free on our coffee. Check out Backwater Games. And if you want any design work done, hit up at home, not all. 
whole underscore N-A-D-E-L uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.